Hello and welcome to Go For Bronze, episode 37. On this week's show, we talk about PlayStation finding another successful TV adaptation with Twisted Metal as Gran Turismo is racing into theaters. We also address the Red Dead Redemption conversion controversy. And dreams do come true as it seems that Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion is getting a remake. I'm Joel Torres and as always with me is my co-host Mark Ace Acevedo. How are you doing? Good sir. I'm I'm good. I am I am good. I am subscribed to Netflix, which I was holding out from for a long time. You know, when they did like the the crackdown of it and I'm now paying twenty dollars because fifteen dollars would have been ten eighty P, but I you know I feel like that's kind of disrespectful to offer a plan that's not just max quality. I understand I think... that they have to do it because they're gonna get mm-hmm. the extra cash, but it's one of those yeah. like artificial like does it really cost you five more dollars to like just stream it at whatever the highest is? No, it definitely doesn't, but that's how they make more money. But I think the most disrespectful thing is the ads. Like the whole point of the streaming service was to remove ads and like the fact that all these companies have like ad uh, versions. I think mm-hmm. even like Disney Plus is adding and it's like what like what the fuck is the point? Like how are you gonna as but you are you you remove ads completely because you even have YouTube premium, which I'm jealous of, which is not even that expensive. But for mm-hmm. some reason, I'm like, I don't want to spend that money. I think it depends also how much that you Well, for starters. I mean, I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. So, I mean, it would be worth it for you. For starters, you know, I have an angel. She got it for me for Christmas. It's 120 for a year. I mean, you think about it like that as like a gift. It's like an easy. She could probably just get me that every year. And it's a great yeah. gift, especially when I have streams on that are really like long form content. Getting no ads is perfect. I mm-hmm. hate ads because, I mean, everyone hates ads, right? But the way that I always describe it to me is I want to be in control of my own thoughts. Like, we, we got to deal with anxiety <laughs> and shit already. So I'm not trying to be, like, watching something for fun. And then out of nowhere, now my brain is over here thinking about XYZ. So, yeah, ads are always a no-go. My Spotify, no ads. YouTube, no ads. What I think is crazy, which I 100% agree with you, is the fact that there's ad-supported plans, but you're still paying for them. If they That's- were free. That makes sense. Because YouTube yeah. does that. They have movies on there that are like, oh, you can watch this movie for free with ads. And I'm like, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that, but I'm like, that's a fair compromise, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. It, yeah, I, I agree. So that makes sense. But I mean, that that's sucks, even... the thing that sucks with those ads and YouTube ads more is not even like TV ads where it's like, it was a little bit more interesting because like they would change it up. It wouldn't always be the same ads, but it's like, the same five ads that you're rewatching, you know, sometimes you might get mm. a good progressive ad when you're watching the TV or like the, the cereal ads used to slap when we were kids, you know, there used to be a little bit of loving tender care put into these ads. Now it's just the same fucking 15 second clip that's recycled every five minutes in your video. I think so. Yeah. But I also think it's kind of like a, we didn't have a choice. So we just made do with what we had. I think the ads were better though. Yeah, they were more creative. Like I, I remember like the Geico, like the, the caveman. Then there was that one where the ladies singing a rap song that's been making the rounds about being a like the, about getting a online education. You know, there's there's some classic ads out there that yeah, I just think true. nowadays they're just kind of mid as fuck. The caveman Geico ad actually the song that was on that I remember being really good. I still listen to that song. The song is actually just good. <laughs> You know, sometimes like I think one of the best one of the best creations that I feel like I don't hear people talk about enough, but it makes me feel like an old ass man is Shazam. I love hearing some shit I don't know about being like, yeah, I'm gonna like 
Shazam this and see what it is. But I always do it in a oh way that God. people can't tell that I'm doing it. Everybody like, knows I, doing. No, they don't. You, you never see me do it. I take my phone out. I put that shit on low brightness. Same as when you oh, open the bank my. account, right? <laughs> and then, right? I hit I the Shazam. Full brightness. Let them know I'm broke as fuck. <laughs> so I, I Shazam it. And then I just kind of like hide it a little bit. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's this. Then I'll save that for later. Because it saves everything you Shazam. Like, yeah, there's like a history of anything that it picked up. Yeah, um, the only other person I know that uses Shazam is uh, Pam. Pam it's goes good. To random, and I'm like, what the fuck? I didn't even know that that was a, just a part of the phone now. Like, you don't have to have the app. Oh, I don't know. I actually have the app. Damn, I didn't even really know it was old. like integrated. But you know what the thing is? It's it's it, To me, it's when you hear a good song. I feel like there's always, and maybe maybe this is just me. I feel like it's not though. When you hear a good song that you don't know what it is, sometimes you like want to ask, but then like sometimes you don't want to ask. So I feel like this is just the best way to be like, all right, well I just don't have to ask. I'll just figure it out this way. Because you don't want to be like insecure. So I just sent you a gif, and I want, and if we can continue on this conversation. I'll talk about um, Shazam. Can you tell me what movie that gif is from? But um, but I have no fear about like asking for movie or asking about like what the song is. Cause I'm just like, I don't know anything. So I'm, I'm I, I think I'm completely ignorant with the music. We're not completely ignorant, but I'm more like, like accepting of being like, I don't know, teach me and or like, let me know, you know, mm. I'm very like, I have like specific artists that I'm like, Oh, I know a lot about them, but I'm not like a music savant. I'm not like the melon, you know, I'm not like Anthony Fantano. Yeah, well, a lot of people can't be like the melon. The melon is very good. Highly recommend if you're looking at like just fine music. He's very good. So this gift that you sent me is a gift of Chevy Chase plugging in basically an extension cable. Looks like some Christmas that's lights. That's that is? I was like, who yeah, is this that's, man? That's Chevy Chase. And this is probably a National Lampoon like Christmas movie is my guess. Uh, but it wouldn't okay, have been sent- one that I've seen anyway. Okay, because that's I sent that gift to my landlord about being like, oh, thanks, you you flipped the routers, the power's back on. And he was like, one of my favorite movies, and I replied, all-time classic, and not knowing at all what the movie is. You're such a bum. That's <laughs> why I was like, when I saw that, I was like, why are you sending me this shit? I know that you, I I was even thinking, I was like, what's the reason? Is your landlord like 10, 15 years older than you? He is 49. Yeah, so he's that's that shit's before our time, and it wasn't funny. So there's two reasons oh, why wow. we don't know it. Damn, that's crazy. I thought Damn, this was, so you're really that... a faker out here. All time classic. All time classic. You know, you gotta you gotta know how to you know mingle. What's it called? Like that one time. Uh, I love the drums. That's the iconic moment. So yeah, I mean, what you're talking about is we were just at a show basically, and there was somebody who was wearing a King Cruel shirt, and Joel was just like, "That's a great the drum shirt." But then you just got to play it off and continue. Speaking back back to your landlord, I mean, you have to schmooze it a little bit because somebody who's in control of your internet, that's a lot of power. That's what I'm saying. I, I always try to be nice, put in the extra effort. I don't mind, like, you know, a white lie here and there. Who, you know, who did I, did I who see knows? it? Who, who Only knows? Us and our entire audience. <laughs> who, who knows? I mean, this is such a private if conversation. He, well, if he listens, you know, he'll understand and he appreciates it. He's a cool guy. Look, He's had me over for like bourbons and stuff, like on like an outing, like multiple people, not just me and him. Yeah, so yeah, he, yeah. He's a cool guy, you know. Look, I'll tell you what: us shouting out a Chevy Chase comedy from the seventies is more publicity than that shit would be getting from anywhere else. That's so true. It's a positive. I mean, there's probably at least seventeen cancelable actions that happened in that movie alone. So, 
I actually don't even know. I haven't seen that. I would say, is Chevy Chase like in like the Ronnie Dangerfield, Adam Sandler kind of click? Well, I don't think that fucking Rodney Dangerfield and Adam Sandler are in the same clique. But no, I, I they think did that one movie, right? Caddyshack, right? No, Adam Sandler is not in that. You're probably thinking about Happy Gilmore, which is totally separate. Oh, he's not. Okay, because I was telling Pam, I saw we were trying to find something to watch and Caddyshack came on and I was like, oh, you might like this. Like Adam Sandler's in this movie. All time classic, right? <laughs> You fucking uncultured swine! No, no, no. Yeah, you're, I think I, so. I've never seen Caddyshack, but you're, that is Rodney Dangerfield, who is hilarious. Uh, but uh, you're thinking about Happy Gilmore is that's Adam crazy. Sandler. Everything's the same, you know. Nothing is nothing is new. I play games. That's the only thing. That's why we have this podcast. I I can definitively talk about games. Any other medium, I'm just like, I'm just like picking up pieces. I'm just like putting mm. them together. And we will, and we've got plenty of stuff that we can talk about here that you will have, you will be an authority on that these we can talk about all time classics that you have actually played or actually known about. But welcome to the show. This is a PlayStation podcast where we cover all the news that is going on, as well as obviously talking about banter. We're going to talk about what we're playing. There's a lot to get into. There is some hot stuff on the internet, stuff that we argued about that we'll break down here in greater detail. But before we get into what we're playing, I wanna, I gotta hand it back over to you. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm I'm having a great time here. You know, we just got a got done with a Monday. You know, when you finish a Monday's day of work, you're like, oh, I'm back on the cycle, and you're one day closer to the weekend, baby. And that's how we're living. Mm, yeah, I feel that. My payday is tomorrow. Actually, you know, and in positive news, not to like not like the boring kind of work talk, but I scheduled my hibernation, and I'm hype about it. So what I'll be off for that? seven. I'll be off for 18 days straight in December. Why? Because I got enough PTO. Why not? Jesus Christ. So I'm like, I'm so excited about it. And here's the thing. Certain breaks are very, and this is relevant to the show, right? I'm not just going on. Maybe I am just going on. What's the difference? I think that certain breaks, especially with video games, are very important in my memory. Like I think about even last year. So like now that this company gives me a lot of PTO, right? I played all of Callisto Protocol during like that week that I was off. And that holiday break is always a good time of like you get a lot of games for Christmas, you get a lot of extra time to play them. I always think about it wasn't a holiday, but I remember taking a week off to play God of War 2018 and playing and platinuming the whole thing in one week. Just like I think that's some of the best times ever when you just have like nothing on the calendar and you can just blow through a game. That's nice. Those days are definitely rare. I my only time really like my core memory that I tied to a game is when Skyrim came out and thanksgiving break because i think skyrim came out like the week before thanksgiving break 11 11 11 never forget never had the trailer and then all the all the letters from skyrim turned sideways i think there's another 11 that we should never forget that's more important than skyrim 11 11 but yeah i don't know what you're talking about i'm talking about 9 11 but it's okay oh okay (laughs) never forget never forget either way uh when skyrim came out i remember the the thanksgiving break that was like the week after and specifically i remember we bought like a honey baked ham and i was just like eating ham i don't know why in my mind like i correlate like eating like a like a ham is like very like medieval food to me and i felt like i was Mm. like in skyrim eating like the type of food they would be eating and it was just very very immersive I, i was also one thing i love doing it doesn't get that cold here in florida but when it does get really nice and cold i love cracking open a window and just making like the house like fucking arctic and then it gets like mm. wear like hoodies and sweatpants. I, 
it's it's a great memory I have. But I really don't have anything else tied to. I mean, Far Cry Three. I remember coming out like in December, and I was like, kind of like, oh, it's a cool like Christmas game, even though it's like fucking tropical. Well, speaking about Far Cry Three, we talked about it. I actually don't know if we talked. To, I think we might have talked about that off the record, kind of. We might have talked about that on the record, but then scrapped it. Maybe it didn't make it in, but we'll fill it in here. We were talking about Far Cry 3 because my last TV I got for Christmas that year. So that makes sense that we got it around. We were playing it both at the holiday time because I think Far Cry mm-hmm. 3 was one that we also platinumed at the same time. If you check our PlayStation profiles, because I think four, we did that four? on Christmas. I think four three, we two. did on Christmas. Damn, we, made, we might have done three too. Did it require co-op? I think so. I think it might have been both. And we probably. I think we yeah, I think we did both, and I think both of them. I think one is on Christmas, and then one is on New Year's. We both we did mm. both of them like on like a holiday, which I think is cool. Yeah. Before we leave this topic, when you're mentioning ham being related to Skyrim and how you're like, oh, that might be kind of a weird thing. I don't think it is because I have a food linked to a game too that I always think about, and it's just like you know when you're a kid, you're gonna have a core memory and it's gonna stick with you. I always think about you know the vanilla like Vienna kind of cookies like sandwiches. The wafers. They're not... I don't think they're wafers. Are they like the sticks? Yes, but they're and not they wafers. they like a little cream. Yes. I think it's like two thin wafers and like a little bit of cream. So there's wafers, but these ones aren't wafers. They're more like cracker cookie types. Either way, it's a vanilla okay. cookie. It came in a Crack green off. wrapper. But what I remember about it is that's linked to Super Mario Party, like <laughs> the first one. It's not Super Mario Party. It's just Mario Party. But I always think about that because I would always play that and my mom would always bring me like a bowl of snacks and I remember those cookies like really clearly in my head. Another weird one for me is I have a Pizza Hut and Super Mario Sunshine tied to my brain. Mm. Like I remember first playing that like one night like my parents bought over like a uh, like Pizza Hut and I was able to like, you know, it's like when you're a kid the weekend just been playing games and I was like playing just like Super Mario Sunshine and just eating pizza. And I love pizza to this day. Pizza Hut gets a lot of slander in my I circles. Agree. I don't know how, I don't know how the audience feels out there, but everybody's like, "Oh, I like Papa John's," and I'm like, you know, Papa John's is all right, but I think Pizza Hut's really where it's at. You get the big dinner box. You can never go wrong. Unanimously, Domino's sucks, right? I think we can agree on that. I think yeah, Domino's is like so bad that I remember they had like the five dollar. You have like five pizzas, or like it was like three medium pizzas for like five dollars each, or something crazy like that. Yeah, but we so, yeah. respect Pizza Hut in this household as well. Yeah, Pizza Hut, uh, yeah, I don't, it gets unnecessary slander. I think the logos are iconic. I used to love filling out the kids' menus when I went there. It was a great time. There's a restaurant here that, I won't say I guess specifically where it is. I don't know if it really matters, but there is a restaurant here that is supposed to be really good and I really wanted to go to for a while, and I learned recently that it is in an old Pizza Hut building. Oh, so I don't know. It's just kind of like a interesting, I don't know, fun fact kind of trivia thing. That's cool. I, lo- I love the old pizza buildings because they actually look like huts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've got like the weird tops on them. Fully but... committed. Yeah, now I'm just thinking about food. I'll eat <laughs> soon enough, right? You know, we'll, we're going to eat later. We'll keep the energy high and I'll eat and then we'll go to sleep and it'll be real enjoyable. Like, And then we get to wake up and go to work. But before of course. we do that. Let's talk about what we've been playing, Mark. What have you been playing this past week? Uh, So I've been playing uh, a number of things. I'll start off by talking about Cuphead. So (laughs) 
I really enjoy PlayStation Stars. The PlayStation Stars is the reward system for PlayStation where you have campaigns and you can earn coins, right? I really enjoy that. And they have a hard games club, which normally there'll be a new game every month. And when you hit like a certain point in the game or maybe get a certain trophy, you will get the balloon that you can add to your collectibles. And Cuphead was the one for this month to get the collectible. You basically have to make it through halfway of the game. You got to beat Inkwell 2 or aisle two and um so i got that i got it with the delicious last course expansion i've played cuphead a number of times over the years on the switch but not all the way through something that i did notice we always talk about how games are getting more difficult souls games are more popular all of that kind of stuff we got a lot of roguelike games that are really difficult i noticed when i played this not just because i had played it before i think just in general it was way easier for me now than it was a few years ago so i think i'm getting better at games which is really nice to see because I feel like you hear some people talk about getting older and maybe getting worse, but I Mm -hmm. moved through this in like one night. Not that they take a long time to do, but it didn't take me many tries to get through the bosses. It was just not that difficult. Also, I feel like maybe it runs better on play on PlayStation. Maybe it runs like at 60 and like on switch is like 30. I'm not quite sure. I don't think there's a difference because of the art style. I think it has to be the same. Oh, you're right. Well, then I don't know. Full of shit. You're just getting better, Mark. No, I mean, the the difference is, right, if we're trying to look at it from an objective standpoint, one thing that is different is since this has the Delicious Last Course expansion, there are some abilities that weren't in the base game. I don't Mm. know if those are the reason that I'm doing better, but I am using one of the abilities from it. So, for example, Cuphead, if you don't know what Cuphead is, basically there's a lot of crazy boss fights that you have to do. Kind of a bullet hell in a sense where there's a lot of things to be dodging and you have three hits before you die. Really cool like boss fights, really good. The ability that I'm talking about though is in the game you can parry certain projectiles that are coming your way to build your super meter. But there's an ability I have that on the first, third, and sixth parry I regain a health point. Oh, so that is also yeah, that's also probably super useful. So maybe that I mean, that could be the reason I'm not going to act like that doesn't have any difference because that is the one I've been using that most of the time you have like a loadout. You basically can choose like your super a charm and then two different shooting styles. I definitely got to give that a try. Also, you know, it's a fantastic game. Trophies are better than well, Switch doesn't even have achievements, which I think is insane correct yeah that's the thing too it has trophies now so it's like that's exciting to do too and i'm not even gonna lie me and liz enjoy the cuphead show on the side i was gonna ask you did you see it yeah so we watched the first season a while ago we're like midway through the second season it's fun there's a second season there's three seasons what the fuck yeah so we're midway through the second season and it's fun right it's not like anything super crazy but it's fun also while we're on the topic of shows and stuff if anyone's wondering the reason why i got netflix it's because we're watching neon genesis and you can't find that anywhere except for on netflix we even checked like reddit or i mean like to see if there's anywhere we could and everyone was just like nope only legal places netflix illegal illegal streams no if it's on anywhere else too like other services like if it's on crunchyroll funimation anaplex it wasn't on Damn. any of those though. It was only only available on Netflix. So that's why we Does had Netflix to do it. But like, yeah. Buy Neon Genesis? Yeah, I think like they probably just have like the they probably have like the licensing rights for the moment. I would assume. That's weird. But yeah, Cuphead is very good. And I really enjoy the campaigns on PlayStation Stars. I know that there are a lot of them that are more 
there's definitely a lot of campaigns that are very ad heavy, which of course makes sense because it's a rewards program. Might be interesting to dive into like a longer conversation of like how they pick them. But there are definitely certain campaigns that I'm like, I'm not even going to do this. Like I can't, I've gotten so many Destiny 2 campaigns that I have no interest in doing. Yeah, those are really fucking annoying. I do think the, some of, yeah, the the campaigns are hit or miss for me sometimes. I feel like it is a little too much on the ads at time. Like the 2K one, like I was like, the fuck? Like I gotta like play like the whole fucking 2K game and do like a whole bunch of different shit. Like it's like, that's way too much. But then like, and one thing that's very annoying with PlayStation Stars is that the picks for the month of the games to buy and get like additional coins is always the games that came out last month, which it's like clearly like, oh, we already sold our copies. Let's try to see if we can. I mean, I bet you PlayStation Stars is contributes like maybe like, you know, maybe a thousand or tens of thousands of extra copies sold because people want to get those coins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, I, I would be lying if I said I haven't bought a game because of a campaign. It was probably something Black I was Tail. interested in anyway. Classic. Yeah, there is a classic example of one that I did buy that was <laughs> absolute dog shit. And I won't do that again. That was at a time where I think I was like, I'm going to complete every campaign no matter what. That one was terrible. Besides that, there have been times where I bought them and I don't mind because it's probably something I was interested in anyway. But you're absolutely correct that a lot of times it's from the past month. And a lot of times the you know, the big title that would be on that list, of course, we've already purchased. So then it's annoying. Yeah, like, and they're not, not doing that the, kind of benefit. And they're not doing the special campaigns anymore when you pre-order games. I guess that might be a PlayStation exclusive thing too, where they only do that. But I, I kind of missed that where you get like a special icon for pre-ordering the big games. Like I pre-ordered Final Fantasy 16 and didn't get fucking dick. Yeah, I yeah, they kind of have stopped doing that. I That's why I think at the moment... The things that I really enjoy is I enjoy them doing the hard games club because that has been consistent. That's cool. And most of the games are good. And I think it's just a I think it's a good marriage of all the things that it should be. You get a cool collectible, something that would be fun and something that you can be proud of to display. It's still going to do its advertising because it's still going to make people be interested in potentially buying the game. But Mm -hmm. I think it just goes the right way about it. For example, I don't I still like the campaigns, but I don't think it's the best when it's just like, hey, start up this game and you finish the campaign. No, it'd be like a finish this level or something like that, because by the time you do that, you're hooked. That's happened with multiple games already. Like, whoa, long. I didn't know I would like it as much as I did. Got halfway through it. Now I fucking love it. So it's like it's good to I like it. And again, I really enjoy one of the things that's the most fun about trophies, which you'll hear us talk about all the time here. It's not like you can be proud of them. Be like, hey, yeah, I don't say I played these games. Like, you can look, I can prove it. And yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. How many platinum y'all got out there? Still something. Yeah, let us know. That's still something, though, is they do need to integrate PlayStation Stars somehow into just the base console. I still think it is kind of crazy. You can't see your collectibles in like a profile. Because I also think about that when I guess I'd have to check if they still have it or not. But the remember the card system they tried to establish with PS5 of like, oh, you could give accolades to people online. I think they took that out already. Yeah. So just replace that that box section. Yeah. Yeah. Replace that section with PlayStation Stars. Or have it where it's like in the PlayStation Stars app, like you have your top three collectibles and that those are the ones that it can be displayed. Like have it where those three top ones are the ones that are displayed. What are my top three? I'll ask you what are yours afterwards. My top three, though, are the PS3, Shuhei Yoshida, and uh, PlayStation VR 2. I think mine are the Last of Us 
like astronaut spaceship pin is mm-hmm. in the middle and then i have the two sony devices on the sides i don't remember which ones they are but they're the campaigns where you have to play like six games by figuring out puzzles ah. and if you want to take a look i'm showing joel right now mine's like galaxy themed it's kind of hard to see but most of my collection is balloons from the hard games club so i have elden ring there sifu returnal I have to put Cuphead on here, but I did earn it. And then we, I think that's... we have the same exact theme, by the way. I also yeah. have the Galaxy. And you have like the. I do also appreciate the collectibles that they give you because certain campaigns are awarded to customers based on their history, right? So you have the PS3 because your account is old enough to have been on a PS3. I made my current PSN name. I did make it in 2013 on a PS3. But I wonder if they consider that PS4 because it was like the same year that they launched it. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. No, I, as soon as I got the PS3 one, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I was like, the mm-hmm. PS3 kind of represent. And like you have the PSVR ones, which I, the, of course, mm-hmm. those wouldn't be available to me. Which is weird because you played them on your profile, which I still think is bullshit. But it's, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. There's got to be some kind of like threshold, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But they try to be mysterious about it, right? The one kind of thing I feel like for PlayStation stars we still want to know is you level up by buying new games or earning trophies, and supposedly there's a level 5. I don't think I've ever seen anyone be a level 5. I'm sure they're just like, yeah, just keep keep buying in. Whatever that's a rumor they made just to make people more engaged with it. Well, I can believe that. Absolutely, because they wouldn't, they wouldn't have to prove. Yeah, they wouldn't have to <laughs> prove anything. Yeah. Or maybe it would be cool like every year they add. So it's like maybe like at the end of this year with like your PlayStation. Because I wonder how they're going to incorporate stars with the wrap ups. That'd be fun. Interesting. You completed this many campaigns this year or something. So I agree. But now this kind of joins in another conversation of if they increase the number. I know that that's something you don't like about trophy levels because they have increased that number over the years. I liked it when it was like a level when it was like you were like level 34 and it took forever to get to like 35. I don't like now how it's like a big number. Well, yeah, but I'm saying that would still be the same concept. It's still a level. You still go up the same way. It's just larger and there's like more of it that you can do. Yeah, but if it sticks the same, that would be like then if PlayStation Stars was like was like hundreds or something like that. If it's still like individual like levels and it's hard to get to level 10 as opposed to now where it's like everybody's playstation fucking like trophies they're like 500 400 300 it's like that looks impressive but that's not anything as opposed you know you you would be able to you see somebody's profile they're like a level five they only play call of duty and fifa you know no respect you pull up my profile level 24 you know 70 something platinums you know a different level you talk to me different yeah, I think there's different ways of viewing it. I mean, I that definitely makes sense regardless if you're being higher, but I also think that it allows for a larger gap to be like, holy shit, this person's way ahead of the other person. That's true. Yeah, if you're not involved in it, then you wouldn't think of that as that impress- impressive. But I remember those levels. That it, I, I like the old way, and I also like the way that it was displayed on PlayStation 3 too as well. Just like Yes, I like that cards. too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I never I never dislike like the old thing. I just I always enjoyed it. It just made sense to me that it would scale and grow. But Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a separate thing. But either way, I'm interested to see how they handle PlayStation stars after the inaugural year. I think I still think that the first year is pretty good. I enjoy it. Yeah. 
I like it. I you hear less about it, but there's there's no negative to it, right? You get your coins, you get your little five dollar bonuses every now and then. It's something you wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, no, it's definitely helped out in a pinch where it's like, oh, it's like, oh, I can t- take like ten bucks off this game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've been enjoying that, right? Cuphead, basically all that to say. I've been playing Cuphead for that. Dead Island 2, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Started a new character, playing it solo, enjoying that. Game looks way better than it should. It's four months out. Like, it's been out for four months, and I still think it looks crazy impressive. I'm enjoying Mm -hmm. that. And then Remnant 2, we played a little bit of, but I want to hear your take on it first, because I played a little bit of the first one, so I can kind of join in after. Remnant 2, tutorial too long. That's my first takeaway. Mm. Outside of that, though, the game is very fun. I picked a... I forgot the characters or the class's name, but the class with the dog, because I like having companions. Whenever there's a class that you can have a companion, like a little pet animal, I always love that. So I picked him. Um, it is hard. It's hard as shit, but playing co-op with Mark made it a lot easier. And then I know you were talking about when you played by yourself, it got a lot harder. So I think the co-op really balances it out for, you know, more novice players like myself able to enjoy the game. I think the world and like the world building is kind of cool. I don't know what's going on really with the story a little too long in the cutscenes. Maybe should have like, you know, streamlined it a little bit. Not that it needs to not have, not to like be like, Oh, the writing is trash or whatever. To be honest, I haven't been paying enough attention to really like issue that verdict, but it's like, it's kind of the same thing with borderlands where it's like, uh, you know, this is a co-op game. And, And that's another thing too. I think about with destiny, everybody talks about the story being so good, but I'm like, how do you pay attention to the story when you're playing a co-op game? I feel like, when you play a game co-op, you're not really as involved with the story. It's more about the gameplay and like having fun with your friends. Yeah, I think there's that's true. I think that there are different ways to format your storytelling. And I think the way that you format it is important. What I mean by that is like for Destiny, for example, you're going to have cutscenes of things that are supposedly really important, right? So that puts it that makes it very pretty easy to watch and then you can digest it later. And also the people that play destiny enjoy like all the background lore and reading all the bios of each weapon Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So that's kind of world building in that way. Borderlands borderlands is interesting because I actually think like, right. So borderlands three is an example of a bad story, but borderlands two is a fantastic story. And even borderlands one is a good story, but it's easy to pay attention to by myself to feel the story. Well, yeah, but I'm so that's your experience. But like, even if you're playing a co-op, what I was going to say is that you'll have whatever character you're supposed to be talking to and they'll just that NPC will just talk out into the world. And it's very easy mm-hmm. for everyone to like pay attention or just see the dialogue or they'll, you know, there's their picture will come up on the echo and it'll be easy to listen yeah. to. The thing that Remnant does that I think makes it kind of like it presents it in a way that's not very easy to digest or that you want to digest it is. The cutscenes are like not really full cutscenes, they're just kind of like interstitials of in engine stuff happening that's not that pretty. And then when mm-hmm. you are talking to somebody, it'll be co op, but it's like one person is going to be talking to them and they're selecting dialogue choices. That selecting dialogue choices, I think, is kind of an odd option for a co op game, especially if you have multiple people there because only one person is going to be choosing the dialogue options. And then at that point, too, it's like, well, if me and you are talking, you're probably not focused enough to make dialogue choices. And then if it goes on too long, there's like a level of there's a level of you have to interact with it. That's kind of annoying, I think. So when I was playing by myself, when I'm like picking dialogue choices, I'm like, I'd rather they just talk and I could be (laughs) like in my menu right now messing with inventory or doing shit (laughs) like that. So that's how I view that where I'm like, I think if you're going to be a multiplayer game or co-op game, 
then you should free up the player to be able to like you know fuck around with their buddies or like mess with their menu inventory while some story stuff is happening or if it's really important cut the gameplay full cutscene i think that remnant does like the halfway and i think the halfway is the worst option they could do for a co-op game yeah i agree it's like a it's not doing too much you know it's not necessary for this type of game like I was saying earlier, to streamline it when it's when it's a co-op and a, or when it's dialogue heavy, when it's like kind of like an not MMO in a sense, but you know it's like more multiplayer based. There's a big multiplayer factor to this game. Obviously, you can play it single player, but it's like nobody's coming here to make dialogue options. Yeah, I agree. That being said, on a positive note, the game plays fantastic. I think the shooting is excellent. I think the movement is really good. The abilities that you get per class are really satisfying to use and there's a lot of options mm-hmm. that you get i think that they made the looting and the graphics a lot better in this one than the last one so just nice to see a sequel with more improvements all around i think like the weapons look really good it seems like one of my biggest complaints from the first is a lot of the loot you would get would be crafting material for the weapons that you already had but it seems like this one's like a lot of new weapons that you'll be able to get in addition to of course all the crafting rings different charms all that kind of stuff so I'm really enjoying that aspect of it and the difference between the worlds. They seem like they're very unique in their own way. Yeah, you love to see just a classic video game story builds on the second and with the sequel and just kind of builds on everything from the first game, but makes it better. And a new IP, which is like always I'm always going to view that as a super positive. Like, yeah, it has inspirations, but it stands on its own. I can't think of another game that I'd be like, this is just like Remnant. Yeah, because it, it's like the only Souls-like shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it does a good so, job with that. And then we were talking about co-op and difficulty. That's, I mean, co-op is, I think normally co-op is easier specifically because when you have enemies divert their attention away, that's when you can like damage them. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it easy. Yeah, or easier. Because you can like, you know, catch them while they're slipping. Mm-hmm. Or also just catch them while they're like, you know, while they're like your teammates getting shit on. Also, the thing too is, I think that's a something I, that I don't like about the remnant co-op thing is that I feel like there should be more of like a buffer. I feel like you can get too far from your like a like other player that you're playing with. You know, like I feel like Borderlands used no, did Borderlands do that? Mm, I, they I, didn't do that. I think you were just getting mollywopped. I wasn't getting mollywopped, but I'm just saying, like I feel like it should be something that encourages you to stick closer together. Uh yeah, I guess so. I think I think restriction like that would I think most people would not enjoy a restriction on like how far far away you are. And there are probably benefits if we were different classes. I was playing as the yeah. tank class and you were playing as a companion class. So there's probably not a big benefit to us sticking that close together, except for regular combat. But if mm-hmm. somebody was like a support, like a medic or something, that would definitely make sense. And playing by myself solo, I'm using the gunslinger class um and that's really cool that's been enjoyable too but i don't think in borderlands there was ever a limit the limit was maybe within the level and that's about it okay um i actually think it's pretty similar in that way like before you travel right everyone has to be at the door Mm -hmm. and then it'll give a countdown okay i feel like i don't know there was a game that i had that like component to it that i don't i can't really remember but i think i don't remember like enjoying that that there was like oh no we have to stick together but Mm. But moving on, uh, the only thing that left to talk about what we've been playing, speaking about new IP, I've been playing Final Fantasy 16. Uh, it's a fantastic game. Um, I'm about 70% through it now. It's 
really long. I think I'm about 40 something hours in. It's getting it's really good. And I really do love the game and Clive, especially I was thinking this actually. And I wonder what you would how you would react to this. But Clive is Kiru esque. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not he's not a pure. I mean, he is pure soul, but he's like he's on that level of like just like a fucking great guy. And just a fucking looker, too. You know, he's just a fucking handsome man that just obeys laws and has respect for himself and puts other people above himself. And you just love to see that in a video game. Just a classic good guy. Yeah, I've heard Heart of Gold a lot. And I, I'm i just thinking about people leaving comments or corrections with you saying Final Fantasy is a new IP when it's like 40-something oh, no, years old. No, that was a, that was a, that was a joke because you said new IP. And I was like, oh, yeah, talk about new IP. Play uh, yeah. a game that's 40 years old but yeah like a heart of gold right kiryu is the main star from the yakuza series which is like it's just so fun to play as a as a protagonist who is just like the right amount of i'm trying to think of what the right word is the right amount of like badass yeah well, yeah but like intimidating and dangerous but also like has a really like kind side i haven't played final fantasy 16 yet i'm very excited to play it i'm obviously just doing whatever bullshit i normally do and i'm going on the opposite spectrum and i've been playing final fantasy one which i have been super nice. enjoying so that is really good on the side i don't have much new to say about it but that is really good but yeah i've heard that the main like the main protagonist has just been really good in this i'm curious would you traditionally speaking final fantasy games always switch protagonists would you like to see him in another one uh i have to see how it ends I can answer that better when it when it ends, and I can, mm. but I mean obviously as like a character like that I would like to see like just him he's so good that yes I would like to see him in another game but if it makes sense with the mm. story because I know Final Fantasy has done sequels within itself where there was thirteen and thirteen two but I don't mm. know if I need like a sixteen two because I feel like that's that's again doing too much the Final mm. Fantasy sixteen alone is probably going to be. I'll probably finish it around the 50, 60 hour mark. And that, that's enough of one game with Clive. Yeah. And there's Clive 10 and 10 too. And you might get expansion right now. So originally they hadn't, they were not planning on making an expansion. They were probably just going to move on to the next mainline entry. But mm -hmm. of course that kind of, that can always switch up and change. So now there might be an expansion for it. So maybe you'll get that. I know that expansions, I, I don't know what, if you would have interest in that or not. I feel like that's more expansions are better as, as a I'm getting to this game later and now there's more to play, but not a you played it at launch and you'll go back to it. Yeah, I know it all depends on like obviously how good the expansion is, but it is I've never been a big fan of expansions. The only time I really think I've been excited about DLC and DLC I felt that's been done really well and like additive to the overall product is the Grand Theft Auto four DLCs, the Ballad of Gay Tony and the Lost in the Dam, and then the Bioshock Infinite um Burial and mm. C DLCs. Those those are those are like DLCs done perfectly. And those yeah. are only two DLCs that I feel like are actually like essential to the core experience. Like if you missed out on those DLCs, you missed out on a big chunk of the game. Whereas most other DLCs I kind of just feel like it's kind of like mindless fodder. The story, even if it's an A plus like story, like the base game, like the story in a in a DLC or expansion is always kind of like mid, like C level kind of. Mm. You know, they're getting the backup writers on this, but I know there's games that do it right. I've heard great things about like Witcher um, expansions, and I know also with a uh, Fallout and Skyrim got love good. with the DLCs. Yeah, right? it did. Those, those are good. I didn't. Bethesda, I didn't Bethesda, know Bethesda normally them. does a very good job with their expansions in so, general. Yeah, 
there's studios out there that do it right, but overall, I would rather just not have it. Or what I did like actually that um that uh is it a PlayStation specific thing where they were taking the DLCs and making them like a one off game? Or they just did that with Lost Legacy only. No, that was a thing for a little bit. I mean, you think about 2014, you have Infamous Second Son and they did First Light, which okay, was separate. You have Last of Us and you have you have Left Behind, Left Behind which was sold separate if you wanted it okay. that way. And when they do it, when they would do it separate, you'd have a separate trophy list, too, which is like, I don't No one's complaining about that. So that like was a that. good way to do it. I agree. And that makes it standalone enough to feels like a new game too. agreed. Yeah, I think that's a good way of doing it, for sure. I think that, yeah, expansions are cool, but I normally see them as just a when I'm returning to a game. It's like, oh, cool, there's more here now, but normally it's not a, I play a game when it comes out, and then I'm like, okay, when that expansion comes out, I'm going to return. No, it's normally just like, if I happen to return, then it happens, but I don't think they're, the only expansion that's ever made me return was the Bioshock Infinite one, because mm-hmm. A, it was essential. B, it just looked fucking incredible. It's one of the best games ever, period. And it was also the way that it was marketed. It was announced that expansion as soon as the game was out there, like, hey, this is going to come out around this time. And the other one is going to come out before this date. They gave it a cutoff. That was so good. They were very clear about being like, hey, you're going to get this one here. You're going to get this one here. And then they also did the Battle in the Clouds, which was like the kind of arena mode, which yeah. I also enjoyed. I think they did the. I think they did that first, and then they did episode one and two. Mm-hmm. Clash yeah, those, in the those Clouds, that's what it was called. Those were definitely classics. But yeah, those were good. I enjoyed those, and then obviously, like, we'll, I'll probably play more Cuphead tonight if I'm going to get into something. The next thing you would play, what would it be? I'm trying to finish up Final Fantasy 16. I'm at 70% with the, the PlayStation like in-game progress, mm-hmm. but I'm doing all side quests. I'm doing all the hunts. I've wean myself off of this habit but this game is just kind of it's got me in that it got me in that zone it, like i love the world that much that i do want to do everything like willingly i don't even know if i'm going to go for the platinum because it does require a second playthrough and i really don't think i can squeeze that in mm. and the moment maybe that might be a later on like try to platinum it later on in the year or like beginning of next year or something like that but i think i'm just going to play the game do as much as i can this time and then kind of move on to the next thing you know we got some we got some big hitters coming up you got like Baldur's you, Gate three. I want to see those orc lips. You could always do a good. You could always do a good chip away, right? I love me a good chip away. You could just play Final Fantasy a little bit every now and then when you want to relax. You'll get that platinum before you know it. I just feel like it Maybe. makes finishing those platinums a less daunting task. Yeah, if I had more gaming time, that I then I would do that. I just think that my gaming time is being like with my job. It's kind of like a little more, you know, finite. So mm. I just want to make more. I want to play more different things than playing the same thing once I've beaten it. So I was also thinking about playing a Jedi Survivor because I booted that up. I literally booted it up, spin the camera around, and I was like, "Oh, it's not fucked up anymore. It runs at a smooth sixty. Mm. So now I'm gonna play it. Okay, so cool. I may play that. But yeah. um, um, Immortals Avion. I'm interested in that game. Seeing how that reviews, I might, I might get that. You know, maybe it's Red Dead Redemption a conversion. Maybe it might be good. You know, who knows yeah i mean i don't think there's a question of like if it'll be good or bad but we'll talk about that obviously with with its price and whatnot there'll be a lot to say when we get to that topic actually i have some new information which will also be fun to talk about with that not about red dead but of other things that are kind of 
we can compare with it. So okay, Perfect. we can get right into the news, right? So let's start right off at the top. This is something kind of specific for us. But in general, if you're somebody who travels, you like theme parks, this could be for you too. If you're a Last of Us fan, right? So the original voice actors for Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us are voicing the Universal Halloween Horror Nights house for The Last of Us. It's going to take place on the Pittsburgh section of the game. And it's going to be the dialogue that's written for it is original just for the house and they recorded it. So basically, I guess as you're walking through the Pittsburgh section, you're going to be hearing dialogue from them kind of like talking over what's happening and it'll be original. So it won't be from the game. It won't be from the show. But I just think it's cool that they did that. That, that you know you'd love to see it i also love that they did use the original voice actors not that no shame against uh pedro and bella they did great jobs and like you know bringing those characters to life on like a tv show but you know troy baker and ashley johnson those are the voices the true voices of joel and ellie i agree i respect universal for doing that too for being like this will this will take it like a notch higher yeah and i'm, I'm excited to see the house i it's weird because Sometimes we, me and Mark go to Universal or have been to Universal frequently when we were younger because we live in Orlando. So it's always, always had access to it. And I would wonder if they're going to go the route of like the cinematic house or the scary house. The thing with Last of Us is that you can do both. Like yeah. You can, like, I always think about the Alien versus Predator with the lady that was too fat to go <laughs> underneath because the Alien mm. versus Predator house there was like at the end, there's like the like a Marine telling you crawl underneath this thing. We got to get the fuck out of here. And then there was a lady in front of us that was literally too fat to like crawl underneath this thing. to leave the house. And it was like the funniest shit ever. But she took tried. Out, took she she, she tried. did try. That was the best thing. She got in there and then they had to block it off. Like I'm talking caution wet kind of sign. Like they had to put signs around to be like, no, no, no. You got to keep going. It's funny because they had one of the space Marines just like acting like a worker. I mean, obviously they are workers, but I'm saying not in the role he was wearing the space marine stuff but he was like oh we got to go this way like walk this way and you just like would look like, down and see this lady like half of this lady hanging out of the little vent and i know that the vent thing this we had been in through the house before so we knew yeah. how that went and i remember you would go through the vent and an alien would basically like come up to one of the side windows and kind of grab at you right really cool house i remember that one being cool but yeah that was a fun, there's a lot of like funny i feel like horror night stories i feel like one of the classics is if you go to a theme park, right, you're going to have people on stilts. It's going to be really fucking tall. And mm-hmm. there was a time where we all went. We were kids. We went, like, you know, with chaperones, whatever. And one one of the people on stilts, really tall, had, like, a scythe. But I wasn't even looking. I bent down to tie my shoes. And, like, in between me and my shoes, the person swung the scythe. And I'll, I don't really remember much, but I know that, like, from Joel's perspective, I just, like, jumped up and, like, hauled ass. And I was just, like, running. Yeah, that shit was hilarious. You jumped up, and I, I, it almost looked like you were about to like kick him out underneath his stilts, but then you just like hauled ass. Yeah, that was that was a good time. Yeah, I also, got I also hops, remember. So I got airtime. Yeah, you did get. You got up really high. I remember that too. I was like, God damn, this guy is fucking jumps like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. But then, um, I remember also the time we were in uh going to the Mummy, the roller coaster, and then there was that girl sitting on the bar, and then she like fell and like fucking concussed herself. Remember, mm-hmm. like on the gold thing, you don't remember yeah. that? Oh man, that was oh, a classic yeah. moment. No, I remember. I was just, I was just oh, thinking. Okay. I mean, you witness a but. Look, even at the mummy, there's the part with the before you go and if they have a if they have a long enough line and the line goes outside, they have the chain link metal. You remember we mm-hmm. went one time too, and Singer was running up to it and try to jump over it and just on the concrete. <sighs> like it's bad, yeah. but also like why are you doing that? 
you know what I'm saying? People like, get really drunk at Horror Nights, too. So that's another thing, too, that you see a lot of fucking funny dumb shit. They used to more because they had, like, the shot people in the lines. But they don't shots, do that anymore. You want shots? And I it's mean, like a blood bag filled with, like, just, like, pure alcohol. Well, alcohol, but, you know. One of my favorite things, personally, is anytime we would go and somebody, you know, because obviously the scare actors, they got to get as close to you as possible, try to scare you. But they would get, like, right up to your face. You, like, wouldn't even move at all. I always thought, I always think that shit's funny. That's when I was, that was a younger me that like, you know, didn't, I was trying to be cool. Mm. Now I feel like I'm, I'll lean more into it and like, I might not be scared, but I'll scream and act like I'm scared just to have fun. That's when, you know, when you're younger and you're like, you want to be like, I'm cool. I don't get scared. And I was able to do that and not be scared. But then it's like, I was like, that's not the point of fucking Halloween Horror Nights. You're just well, like, dickhead. Also- now after an hour and a half of walking around in plimsoll vans that we'd have like hurt backs and we'd be like we just wouldn't oh, no. I, i'm good now i got my brooks baby i'm gonna be comfy mm. as fuck when we go yeah that'll be a good time though i'll be excited for that uh, glad that they're doing it good that they got original voice actors so that'll just be a good time we'll definitely i mean i'm sure we'll talk about that and see how the set design is hopefully the set is like the design of the costumes is really good as well and i'm wondering what pieces of pittsburgh they will use i feel like I feel like it's not a spoiler to talk about what the Pittsburgh section like of the, the game is. Parts of the game, you know. So yeah, I'm curious what parts they use. You know, I'm hoping that for Pittsburgh they use. I'm hoping I'm hoping that they. Okay, let me back up. They could either go a more video game route or they could go a more show route. I'm hoping they go a more video game route specifically because I want the water treatment center to be a part of it. I don't know if yeah. you remember this is like one of the ending parts of the Pittsburgh section is a very kind of heavy brawl battle. You're coming out of the sewers and you're going up through a water treatment plant in the show that doesn't really exist. But in the game, that's a heavy part of that area. And I thought that was like the most claustrophobic kind of scary part of that section. So I hope I they do hope that. They play with like the verticality mm-hmm. and like make it feel like you're like in those buildings, like and they're like all fucked up and maybe even have you like walk up like a like a is the hotel in pittsburgh no okay i think that's afterwards okay i'm a little hazy on just like the city thing the reason why too is because i remember last of us is being broken up by times of the year so i'm Mm -hmm. like i might not even remember i mean of course i remember being in like salt lake city and like the major places or like boston yeah but i think some of the in-between points of the journey i don't remember exactly where they were but you remember the landmarks yeah, I don't think the hotel was a part of Pittsburgh, but honestly, the hotel would be awesome if they can incorporate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll be excited for that, for sure. That's fun. I'm glad that they you know, gave Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson their shine and let them do the lines. So speaking of... Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I think that that's just that's a good call for them to make. So I'm actually going to skip the next story because I think it'd be better to go with Red Dead, and I will go right to that after. But we're going to... Go ahead. We've got with PlayStation Plus, we've got the extra and premium titles announced for August. These are the two higher tiers of the PlayStation Plus subscription. It's a catalog of games that you can download and enjoy. Premium is more like classic titles. But so we've got in the extra, we've got a day one release with Sea of Stars. Moving out to Destiny 2, The Witch Queen, Lost Judgment, Destroy All Humans, Two Probes, Reprobes, <laughs> Two Point Hospital Jumbo <laughs> Edition. That's a PS4 only version. So the ones where I'm not mentioning, that means that they're PS4 and PS5. 
I feel like it'd be kind of redundant for you guys to hear me say PS4, PS5 35 times. So yeah, I was just going to do that for the PS4 ones because basically, as you know, if you have a PS4 game, you can play it on your PS5. It just doesn't work the reverse way. So Source of Madness, Curse to Golf Dreams, a PS4 game, PJ Mask, Heroes of the Night, Hotel Transylvania, Scary Tale Adventures, Lawn Mowing Simulator, Landmark Edition, Spellforce 3 Reforced, PS4, Midnight Fight Express, PS4. I'm actually really fucking excited about that one. And really? premium. What is that? Yeah. So Midnight Fight Express is like a kind of top down fighting game where you're I don't know the setup of it, but the only thing that I know about it is that it has really good combat and you're going through a bunch of interesting fighting scenarios and it has a ton of Easter eggs for other games. So every huh. time I've seen it, I've seen it as like, a, oh, you're going to fight these enemies. They're like they're from Grove Street. Or there's like the oh, hotline. Shit. The hotline Miami characters are like enemies in it, but it's like a that's good art cool style, and it reviewed really well. So that's one I'm really happy is here. That's always kind of been on my radar, and so I'll definitely be checking that out here. On the premium tier, we've got Medieval Resurrection, Ape Escape on the Loose, and Pursuit Force Extreme Justice. These are all PSP games, and I guess kind of the only comment I have about the premium ones is while it's good that they're adding more, they're kind of sticking with that path of like finishing out series. Which I don't. For some reason, it's it, it feels weird. It, it's a it's a double edged sword because it's not mm-hmm. the series necessarily that people want, but I don't hate it because when it gets to a series that we like, it's going to be great because you know you're going to mm-hmm. get everything within a few months, which is kind of fun. So it's a it's a double edged sword, but honestly, I am a little interested in these pursuit force games just because they look very like early two thousands and look like like dumb fun games Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and then also with sea of stars that game has looked fantastic anyway that comes from the same studio that made the messenger and i i think that's a prequel to the messenger i think or something or in the messenger universe at least i think it has a very solid chance of being the best day one release we've had so far for playstation plus it could it could be because it's competing with uh stray humanity chia Chia. And then, oh my god, what about uh the the shooting game, like the Doom kind of shooter game? What Shadow Warrior Three? No, 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 no. The one that we played that was uh like you're in Mars, the procedurally generated. Yeah, shit. that's not making the cut. I know you're meet your maker. Nah, meet your maker. Yeah, meet that's your what maker. I'm saying. I think I think the I mean the only competition would be Humanity or Stray, but I think Sea of Stars mm-hmm. has the potential. If it's like really really good all the way through, I think it will be better. Yeah, and it's more of a. I mean, I guess it's it's a, the art style wouldn't convey this, but it's more of a triple A like full fledged game, whereas Stray and Humanity are more like indie kind of specific targeting. Humanity is good though, and I won't even lie, I did kind of forget about that because Humanity was really good. Humanity is really good. It's just really hard. You get to the yeah. point where you're like, God damn, I'm stupid. I can't. But you feel out. you feel smart when you figure something out. Yeah. By the way, I didn't talk about it at the top, mainly because, right, this is a PlayStation-centric show, but I am playing Tears of the Kingdom on the side, and Mm -hmm. I will say, figuring out things, you feel so fucking smart playing that game, especially (laughs) figuring out stuff where you're like, that's not how I was supposed to do it. I'm really Mm -hmm. enjoying it. Okay, that's good to hear. You can talk about non-PlayStation games here. We don't don't hate. Yeah, yeah, no, I just didn't think about putting it in the... I didn't think yeah. about writing it in the juicy script, right? But I mean, Tears of the Kingdom is good. Basically, my progress on it, kind of to sum it up, is I finished one of the temples, 
I don't think that's a spoiler to say there are temples in a Zelda game. What the fuck? Yeah, but I finished one of them. I won't even say which one, right? But you can do them in different orders. And I finished one of them. And it was like, okay, I'm in. I'm locked in. Like, now I'm like, this shit is really good. That's good. That's good. But these PlayStation Plus titles, they'll be fun. You can enjoy them. Remember that your regular essential are the ones that you add to your library. These extra and premium ones are more so ones that you can enjoy as you're subscribed to the service. And when you're not, they either go away or they can kind of like swap them in and out. Now, I'm curious. I thought that now, of course, with Twisted Metal coming out and we'll talk about Twisted Metal more later in the show. Of course, they released those games on the premium tier because there will be a new Twisted Metal game. Now, that hasn't been officially announced, but we know that that's kind of been in the background there. I'm curious if these... The thing is, I don't think Medieval, I don't think we're going to get another one of those. But I'm wondering if Ape Escape, no. maybe that's just wishful thinking, but like, they're doing I it with Twisted Metal. Thinking. I think that's wishful thinking, because that would also mean that they're making a new siphon filter game, because they released all 17 siphon filters. But we don't know. I'm saying I think I, we know. But we know Twisted Metal probably will come out. Yeah, but that has the TV show. I feel like that's more because the TV show whole revival. Yeah, I now, agree. They do a siphon filter. They could do a cool siphon filter movie, like a little spy espionage movie. That'd be fun, but they're probably not going to. But there's not as much love and support being put behind it. Whereas like they're just being released on like the premium tier of the subscription service. Yeah, I agree. The TV show definitely. And of course, obviously having rumors is going to give it a lot more credibility. I just I was just wondering what your opinions were that because I I would I want to know why they're sticking with the same franchises. I wonder if it's like a licensing thing too. Maybe they're like, all right, well these ones are cleared. Let's just get more of them out. It's like once they get one in the series, it's a lot easier to do the rest. I can see that being makes it easier. I'm just and, and maybe we can see if there's somebody that we can reach out to. But I'm just curious what the meth like how they pick the games. Yeah. I'm sure that it has yeah, to do with the future PSP deals. Is getting a lot of love. I feel That's like the PSP true. has more representation on the premiums here than even PS1. Yeah, I would agree with that. Especially now. That's I think that they're kind of shifting into that a little bit more. And yeah, I would so. like them to show yeah, I would like them to show more love to like PS2. Or obviously hopefully sometime. Hopefully a day comes with PS3. But I think that part of this also is going to be obviously future deals that are taking place, right? Like Metal Gear, I, I, it's not here because they're gonna sell that. Not them, but I'm saying like they're going to have that collection. So I'm wondering too what the process is of being like with third party because these some of these are first party, of course. But with third party, I wonder they probably have to go and talk to them, and they might be like, "Hey, no, you can't have it because we're going to do X, Y, Z with it." I'm sure that goes into it as well. That definitely could be holding it up because we would love to see like original. Like I mean, this would be a lot harder now because it's owned by Microsoft. But you know, the original Spyros and Crash that'd be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So. One day that could that could be a really interesting conversation to have. And then, of course, as as this goes, because this is just past a year as well, having these premium tiers, so we'll get a better idea as time goes on as to what they're trying to accomplish. Definitely. But speaking of PS3, let's talk about Red Dead. Yes. So Red Dead Redemption has been in the news for a mixed bag of reasons, but definitely a conversation worth having. So Red Dead Redemption, the conversion is coming to PS4 and Switch for $50 or $49.99. This version will come with Undead Nightmare, and it's releasing digitally on August 17th and physically on o October 13th, which I thought was surprising to learn. Um, it's being officially named a conversion. It's not a remaster or a remake. So 
the thing that we had talked about previously on the show of kind of there was some leaked information about a Rockstar Presents, maybe a new version. Rumors were going around about what it would be. It does seem to be more of a kind of just port from PlayStation 3 over to now either you can play it on the Switch or PS4. However, it's worth considering and comparing it to the Xbox version. It is different in the sense that the 360 version, kind of Microsoft has their own things that will make the game kind of enhance or play a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And over there, it is $29.99. And that, yep. so it's $29.99 right now if you want it on 360. And I, so there's that comparison. Now, what I wanted to talk about, because of course, the biggest thing with more so is like price. We'll, I'm sure we'll enter the conversation of availability and there's no problems with that. But with the price, it will be $50. Something that I wanted to bring up is Assassin's Creed Mirage is now releasing a week earlier. So that's just its Mm -hmm. own news piece that actually broke today. So that'll be coming out on October 5th instead of its original date. So we'll get that a little bit earlier. But I'm also bringing that up because Assassin's Creed Mirage is $50 at launch. Okay. Um, And I didn't know that. I kind of forgot. For some reason, I thought it was $60. And so that's $50. Hot Wheels 2 Unleashed is also $50. Not saying that these things are all equal, but I was just looking at like pricing of other things because the main thing or main topic around this is that it's $50 for something that is a port. But before I talk more about it, obviously, like what do you think about the pricing and this announcement? As we talked about it, my initial reaction was, you know, people got to pay for games. Mm-hmm. I didn't think the price was. I didn't think the price was outrageous. I do think this is the highest they could possibly offer. Um, And then when you're talking about the 360 version that's available for the Series X and S, it is $30. And then to get the Undead Nightmare, which this includes, is an additional 10 So that's like $40 for that complete package. But then again, also with that original 360 version of it, you do have access to multiplayer, which this one doesn't have. So it's $10 more and you have a section of it cut off. For me personally, that's not that big of a deal, but I understand the value proposition to somebody being like, what the fuck? That's kind of ass. I do, you know, 50 is a little steep. I don't think that it's the worst thing, though. I don't think it's like a slap in the face. I'm still holding out hope. And we'll find out actually very soon because this game is being released in about three days from now that uh, there is on the if you look on the like game page for it, it says PS4 enhanced. So what mm. I'm hoping for is that there's a 60 frames mode. If there's a 60 frames mode, then I think the $50 price point is justified a little bit more. Not completely, because I think for to, to get the full 50 without having anybody complain, you need to do like the ray tracing, 4K background kind of bullshit. This, basically what The Witcher 3 did for free with the PS5 mm. version of The Witcher 3. Do that. For this game, and then you could ju- you could have just charged fifty. I don't think it would have cost that much money, but I do wonder if the Switch is holding this back in like a Series S kind of situation, and where Rockstar is like, I'm not trying to spend more money than we have to. Let's just make it for the Switch. Just put that version on PS4 and call it a day. Because as you notice, it's not coming to Xbox because they already have access to it. And also, what's even more weird is that it's not coming to PC at all, which mm-hmm. they still don't have any access to Red Dead. But that's where i that's where i stand that's how i feel yeah and so I, there's a lot to get into honestly and i it's an exciting topic to talk about because i mean i love red dead i i think it's a the only reason why it's causing so much kind of you know like discussion is because it's such a like fantastic title worth talking about worth playing 
Something actually I didn't know either is that Red, De- Red Dead Redemption 2 still doesn't run at 60 frames either, which I didn't know, yeah. which is kind of shocking. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is more so to say that I'm not saying like Rockstar as a whole is bad and it's not to just be like total negative. Let's just complain, complain, complain. But it's surprising to me the treatment of their own games that th- I know that they know are like some of the highest qualities games that exist. And you would think that they would mm-hmm. like to take slightly better care of them. When we talk about Red Dead Redemption 2, we're talking about a five-year-old title at this point. And I do think it's surprising that doesn't have a 60 frames update. I don't know how much they would have to do. I'm not saying they need like a new skew and like fully do a lot of other stuff. I'm just surprised it doesn't run at 60. And for this, yeah. I'm similar. I'm on the same boat with you. If this comes out and they're like, hey, it doesn't look any different, but it is enhanced and it's going to run smoother, I'm in. In our conversation, we had a lengthy conversation off the air as this news broke. My only point of contention is the idea that nothing is done to it at all. Even if something is done to it, the quality of what they might do to it could vary. It's the fact that they put in some effort that makes me like, okay, you wanted some more of my money, so you took the time to try to add value to this product. I understand that. This makes sense to me. I'm willing to pay for it. $50? I think that's a little expensive, but if it runs at 60, I that's a way easier pill to swallow. It's more so yeah. because in the current day of games, right? You know, if a game is ugly, it's probably not going to stop me from playing it full stop. But if a game runs at 30, normally as soon as I play it, I'll pause it and be like, okay, is there a performance mode? That didn't used to be the case, of course, during that generation. That was the standard, so you don't even think about it. Now it's a little bit different. So, um, but as the time has kind of gone on in these past couple of days, it's been interesting to see some of the other tidbits, maybe not necessarily other opinions, because you don't want those to maybe poison like our train of thought, but more so little just kind of hard fact objective things of like, oh, what other games are releasing for this price? I think the fact that this is releasing physically is really interesting. I don't. Yeah, I think that uh, the this gap between it makes it seem like rock this is uh, let me finish this point it makes it seem Mm -hmm. like rockstar didn't put that much effort into it which ties into what i was going to say later or just before is that it just seems like rockstar doesn't really treat their old games with that much reverence which is weird because if they treated their they did their products correctly like imagine i would the gta Mm. trilogy grove street games that's been the point has been recycled they fucked that up they did the ai thing I think that this is a reaction to that. They they were like, all right, we're not going to try to put more money into it and doing a, like a cheap Grove Street AI like version of Red Dead Redemption. We're just going to do a flat port and people will love that and the people will buy that. I don't think that that's the appropriate response to that. It sh- I thought their response would be like, oh, no, let's bring this in-house or maybe hire a better studio to make it better. But even with the GTA trilogy, I'd rather have each of those games purposefully remastered remade to play better feel better and pay fifty dollars for each of them than paying the 60 for all three shitty ass ports that we got and the same thing even with red dead where it's like even if they put the extra tlc and charge 70 like if they well, part one last was part one they charge 70 but they put love and care into that like i think that they would get more bang for their buck but then they're probably looking at metrics where it's like there's already a sunken cost. There's people that are going to buy this regardless. They see Rockstar, they see Red Dead, they're buying it. They saw GTA Trilogy, they already bought, they're going to buy it. So they're like, why are we going to put that much money into it? It's already going to sell. And putting in that extra love, 
may only add 10, 15% more sales. Mm. That's what I'm thinking. That's how I'm thinking they're viewing it. It's not the best way to view it, but, and then it's also not a justification. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get into the mindset of like why they're not treating like their old properties that people love so much with so much like care. And it also makes me like just annoyed because like they could have done such, they could have made such a better products. Well, the fiscal analysis is very sound, I think, because even just thinking about it, right? I mean, their hottest selling thing is a game from 2013, 10 years old Grand mm-hmm. Theft Auto Five, which is selling like crazy. Now, they do update all that all the time, but I'm sure there's a portion of them that's like, well, this shit's selling. I mean, we don't got to do that much. Like, We'll do a little bit, but we don't got to do that much. I think that, first of all, I fully agree, especially with the GTA Definitive Trilogy, right? If they fix the aiming, I'd pay 70 for like each of the games. Yeah. If you li- like, if you listen to your com- like, I'm not saying listen to the community because there's all the way because there's always going to be outliers, right? There's always going to be people that have unrealistic expectations. But we did kind of talk about with the poor reception critically, because not financially. I mean, GTA sold well, but from a critical perspective, it didn't do well. Now, with that, we know that there were, or we heard that there was a GTA 4 and a Red Dead Redemption, kind of like. We don't know what capacity, but a more than a conversion, a remake or a remaster in the works. And because of the poor critical reception, they chose to not do those. And I agree with what Joel was saying. If you want to do that, bring it in house. You probably do have the talent to take care of that. It's more. I think it's more expensive for them to go the cheap route than for them to care about it a little bit, and then just they'll make a lot more in the end. They'll keep selling, keep selling, keep selling. So. And people that I've talked to kind of just in real life getting kind of the discussion of, of my peers, it seems like, yeah, $50 is a little bit too much. I think that it's one of those things where we've played it, we've enjoyed it. What's up? I just found some news that is kind of heartbreaking to hear. The GTA trilogy, the definitive trilogy, has sold more than 14 million copies. Yeah. That's Which why is, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, no, I I know. That's why I'm saying like, but even despite the poor critical reception, it's sold super well. So yeah, they don't give a fuck. But I think that's also like, even with GTA Five, like people are still buying the shit out of that. So they're they're like, yeah, we don't care. So yeah. I don't know. I think that I prefer this route instead of fucking it up with the AI shit. To be fair, you know, that's even though actually... it looks like less efforts putting into it, it's like at least you're not fucking with it. Mm. yeah i mean i guess in the long run right like if the because but that's the thing too where we mentioned it briefly earlier them bringing this to be available there is nothing negative about that at all that is only a positive mm-hmm. it's the 50 dollars price point so yeah i would rather have it than not have it but i'm not gonna pay 50 for it and it's not a yeah. matter it's not even to be honest it's not even a matter of one of those things where you decide with your wallet what kind of message you want to send to the company this is just like a blanket clean like now i'm not paying 50 dollars for a port of a game that is 13 years old i think that each game should have each game's pricing is always going to be unique however i think there are some ballparks that are I think there are still some ballparks where I'm like, I'm going to hear a price and I'm going to have some kind of image in my head of what they confirmed 60 would 50 be okay to you. Just basically the same product, but runs at 60. I think that I would feel much better about it. Would I pay 50 for it? I don't think so, but I don't think that 50 would be a crazy price 
so I think that if it ran at 60 frames, $50 is not a bad price for somebody who has never played Red Dead. Okay. And I think that I would agree like $50 is fine. It's a fantastic game. You're getting 30 to 40 hours of gameplay. You're getting fantastic gameplay. Undead Nightmare is incredible and would cost a little bit more, right? That's like a 10 or $15 expansion on its own. Even had its own mm-hmm. physical release back in the day. And so both of those is a good package. And if they both run at 60 it's old, but it's not like PS2, PS1 old. Like it's not pretty, but it's I not think it still super. holds up. Yeah. So I think if it ran at 60, that would change things a lot. Would I buy it for 50? I don't think so. I think that for me, honestly, probably probably 30. I think if it was 60 frames and same resolution, I would pay 30. If it was 60 frames and a higher resolution or different kind of like visual options, I'd pay 40. I don't know what would make me be happily like, yeah, 50. I think if it was brought closer to in line with Red Dead 2, I think I would pay any any amount of price. Similar to how we were saying like part one kind of brings Last of Us the first closer in line with the fidelity of the second one. If they did that for Red Dead, I I mean, I pay 70 easily. I don't think. Yeah, Yeah, 1000 percent. I think for me, it's honestly the hardest decision with purchasing it is the timing i feel like it's a bad time they're releasing i agree right before a lot of big games are coming out you know you got boulders gate which is out on pc which is getting a lot of hype and i mm-hmm. pr- i'm pretty sure it's going to generate sales on ps5 just because of how much hype that has had gotten on pc i'm low-key a little interested in like legitimately purchasing it and playing it and i don't fuck with crpgs at all but it just looks so fun mm-hmm. looks like people are having a great time then you got Starfield around the corner. Obviously, it's not available on Xbox, but you know people are putting their money towards that. Then you got Spider-Man coming out in October when the physical comes out. It's like I don't really know what they should. This this would have sold great if it was released like like if it was released like around the same time as like Dead Island, like in that like in that uh, April March May pocket, it would have done great. But they kind of released it in a poor time, honestly. Or maybe December would have done better too, like after the wave of all these great games. But you're asking yeah. for 50 for an older game in the middle of a bunch of new releases. I also think that there is a... And you know that these companies go through heavy media training, right? So media training, there's going to be a way that you want to talk to your audience. There are things that you're going to say, things you're not going to say. I feel like they could soften the blow of this in a number of ways, right? Maybe you announce, and I guess, yes, this is asking more of them, but I also don't think it's that crazy if you're like, hey, Red Dead Redemption is going to be available on PS4 and Switch. Red Dead 2 will also run at 60 at this time or something like that. I don't even think people like would care. Even, yeah. yeah, people wouldn't even care as much about the $50 because they'd be like, oh, you're doing something to one of your premier titles. Sure, it's cool now that we have Red Dead 1. But I think people see this as being like, it's the first time Rockstar is opening their mouth about something since GTA Trilogy. And it's not... I mean, I guess they open their mouth when they're going to talk about updates to GTA 5, but I'm saying talking about something new, it... Or even if they were like, we're going to release a patch, a 60 frames patch when the physical edition comes out. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's no uh, contingency plan to make it better. And their reaction to it, like the CEO was like, oh, the pricing was, uh, you know, it was like a fair pricing, basically, was his quote. I forgot his exact quote, but he was like kind of defending the price, which obviously he's the CEO, he should. And again, I don't think the price is outrageous. I just want I just want that's my overall take. But um 
But yeah, like there's no uh, remorse or no empathy to like the mm-hmm. consumer at all. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, of course, I understand like you got to get your bag. But I think the there's a point where confidence kind of just comes off in the wrong way. Being like, mm-hmm. do you just think this is because now we're talking about CEO of Take Two, Strauss Zelnick. He not only said that, of course, he thinks that this is going to be a fair price for market. But he also kind of talked about some things that were a little bit different to this that I didn't really understand. And I thought were a little bit tone deaf. He spoke about how he feels about kind of like mid mid generation refreshes of consoles and saying that they're like not super necessary. He was saying the same thing with backwards compatibility being like, it's cool, but like, it's not really needed. Um, I just don't even, I don't, I don't know why you would give those kind of answers. If that makes sense. And the backwards compatibility one, I feel like is sandbagging the product that he's about to release Mm -hmm. because this is basically paid backwards compatibility. Like I know his argument is probably being like, Oh, you can't pay you can't charge for like backwards compatibility, but it's like, you're basically just giving the bare minimum. Like, so you kind of believe in backwards compatibility to a certain extent if you're willing to basically sell it. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I also think that take two in general, because of course it's not just he's, Oh, the CEO of rockstar to take two CEO. I think honestly, they also need to like, I don't know when they're going to do their showcase kind of thing, but they have a lot of things that we've heard about for a long time, but haven't seen. Now, of course, obviously, everyone's mind is first going to go to Grand Theft Auto 6. But I'm not only mentioning that. I'm talking about a new Mafia I'm title. about the real stuff. I'm talking about Bioshock, right? That's talking about the real shit. I'm talking about what's going on at Cloud Chamber Games uh, for Bioshock. Judas, is... right? No. Isn't 2K publishing that? Uh, they are. That's true. But sorry, I got confused because Cloud Chamber Games is Bioshock. Ghost Story Games is Judas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Judas is going to be the game from Ken Levine, the original creator of Bioshock. But yeah, so I think in general, that also kind of plays into this announcement being like, well, like you guys kind of should. I feel like it would be good for them to talk a little bit about like, hey, these are all the things that we've got going on, because on a public view site, if you're not following all those kind of like leaks and hidden things that are in the future, you're probably just looking at them being like, OK, so they're just doing GTA five. They don't care about Red Dead 2 online. They're not updating or supporting that. We like know more about GTA 6 just from leaks, but like they still haven't really acknowledged that. They've acknowledged it, but not in like any kind of announcement capacity. So I think that they, I, don't know, I feel like they got to talk a little bit. Yeah, they're in a weird what? spot. I just forgot about, I forgot about the whole take two aspect of this because I was so focused on the Rockstar mm-hmm. uh, angle of it. But they did a fantastic job with the Bioshock collection. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Why can't you treat these other like these Rockstar entities? Maybe obviously you assume a company, a developer like Rockstar kind of can go, you know, they do whatever they want to do. They Nobody's telling them what to do. So maybe they take two has less of a power struggle there or power pull, like able to be like, oh, no, do this, go this route. And then Rockstar's more like, no, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. All right. We know what we're doing. I'm curious, though, because even let's not forget that the the last Hauser brother also left Rockstar. They're all, both of them are gone, right? Yeah, both of them are gone. So Sam Hauser and I think Dan Hauser. And so they were, they were instrumental in the founding of Rockstar in general. And they were known for basically, I mean, I'm pretty sure that they did a lot of the writing. And so them leaving could, no, not being immediately like, oh, that's signaling disaster. I'm just wondering if their departure has anything to do with maybe Take-Two as a whole wants Rockstar to take a different direction, right? I mean, obviously, like, GTA mm-hmm. multiplayer is, like, the main focus. So I think we'll see. I think it's just a little bit of 
too much silence, right? I think too much silence and not knowing what's going on can can give people the wrong impression, which I think is mostly what the case is. And it's the same thing with PlayStation as well, where it's like after Spider-Man 2, we're kind of left in the dark. I mean, we know about Concord and um, fair games and stuff like that. But in terms of like the core single player experiences, it's kind of a similar. Yeah, it's not enough. Which you, it's not enough. And hopefully, you know, there's there's the rumors for that second showcase. I mean, hopefully we get that. Yeah, I'm hoping that we get that, too. I feel like there is a decent chance of that, because, again, like, I mean, we would need to get that because they're going to want. I think PlayStation's strategy is always to have at least two or three games that you know about they want you to be excited about. We're going to have Spider-Man mm-hmm. 2 and we're going to have Helldivers 2 come out. And then after that, I do feel like they'll have to talk again because they're probably going to have a game that's coming out winter or spring. And then we'll see after that. I'm thinking that. of Stellar Blade. I'm thinking Stellar Blade is definitely, yeah, I think Stellar Blade's definitely a good call. I think the, the two that I like see... Like February next year, I feel like would be good. Or like end, late January. I also think Silent Hill 2 has to come sometime soon. I completely forgot about that, to be honest. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, there's there's a, you know, it's it's. I mean, it's funny we talk about this. We'll talk about a, another showcase a little bit later in the show. But I think a reason why a lot of these games get forgotten about is because we don't have a centralized way of announcing things anymore. I'm not now, of course, kind of mentioning E3. I'm not saying we need E3 back, but because we have all these separate showcases and they're so scattered throughout the year. I feel like it's easy to forget about a lot of these games because you like think about them for a couple of days. But then another thing is you don't hear anything about them. They get announced and then you like only hear about them like the month they're getting released. I feel like. I mean, that's very true because I've heard people kind of be like, there's no hype for Starfield. There isn't. I don't think so. They had they've done some. And that's about to come out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I, I agree. But but we shall see. Yeah, I think it's a. I don't know. I don't know what would be the better way of doing that. Maybe be. Mm-hmm. I think that the time. I think what needs to happen, or what would be nice, is for the timelines to get worked out a little bit better. I think we went from things being announced way too early to now things. I think things were getting announced too early, and then nothing was being said, or they would get canceled. But now I feel like we're at a point where. We're waiting. Publishers reacted to that by not announcing anything. Correct. And so then it feels like it almost feels like there's a impending point of like we're going to fall off and there will actually be nothing releasing is almost how it feels. (laughs) It's like if it hits this date, there will be nothing on the store. Of course, that's never going to happen, but it kind of feels that way. So. Uh, Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I don't think it would ever get to that point, but it does feel like that. Like, of course, that's not going to happen. But in my mind, I'm like, I have no fucking clue what I'm going to be playing March 2024 and on. Like, I have no clue what's even going to be in those months. And that's kind of fun, too. A little bit of a mystery. You hope like a hope like again, we're hoping for the PlayStation event. Gamescom is around the corner. They officially partnered with IGN. So who knows what that brings in terms of like, you know, possibly reveals. Mm. And then we also have Achilles the VGAs at the end of the year, which you know, it hit it has it has its highs and lows. Hopefully this is one of those years where it's like a, a properly like really good show with a lot of announcements. Yeah. We're gonna have a worldwide reveal, even though we know some things about it and we'll talk about the details later. But Modern Warfare three will be getting revealed in a event in Warzone, which we will be streaming on Thursday, seven PM Eastern time. You can check it out the Go for Bronze Pod Twitch channel, which will be linked in either the episode description that you're listening to right now or the 
uh, description of the show in general. You can also check out my Twitch channel, which is Ace Nighthawk. And you can check that out if you want to see my beautiful face while we're streaming it. But we'll be doing that. And then we'll, yeah, so reveals uh, we I would like to see more of. I think kind of shifting into this next topic we were talking about at the top of the show, Elder Scrolls 4, which I thought was crazy to read this. I just like didn't think it would be something that would exist. So the story at the moment I'm is... I'm going to go... Wait, wait, sorry to cut you off. I'm going to go pee while you, while you read this. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'll be right back. Yeah, you go do that. So Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion is getting a remake according to a former developer. This rumor comes from a former employee of Virtuos, the studio currently co-developing and working behind the scenes on Metal Gear Solid 3 Delta. According to the now-deleted post, the studio is working on five projects, including Metal Gear Solid 3 Delta. The user claims Project Altair is either a remake or remaster of Oblivion and that it will pair Unreal Engine 5 for graphics and the original Oblivion Engine for the rest. The release is claimed to be at the end of 2024 or early 2025, and the project is being worked on at Virtuos' Paris studio. Other projects, according to the user, include Massive, which is described as a monster hunter across the Shadow of Colossus, an expansion for Amazon's New World MMO, and a narrative climbing game called Ominous. Now, I Love Oblivion is one of those kind of like childhood games I always remember. came out in 2006 on Xbox first and then came to PlayStation 3 later. It was my introduction into the Elder Scrolls series, and honestly, Bethesda as a whole is the first game from them that I played, and I just super enjoyed it i think it's a fantastic game i've always wanted it to come back with trophies that's kind of something i talk about on the show here is i'm always interested in going back and replaying it but i want some of those new quality of life things to kind of play around with now this being a thing at all i think there's a couple of interesting things to poke at it with now if elder scrolls 4 oblivion is coming out as a remake or a remaster in any capacity and Virtuos is working on it. I mean, of course, Bethesda is an Xbox, ex- like, you know, that's an Xbox company now. So would this be a Xbox only thing? Because it's not being made by Virtuos. They are helping on it and they have sort of giving some information on it. I would assume it would well, probably just be an Xbox thing. If they're following the mantra that Phil Spencer has been saying, which obviously we've we've seen that he's gone back on things that he said publicly he was always not saying the truth but of games have a legacy on playstation they will still come there like we saw with the fallout 4 next gen version apparently it's going to be coming to ps5 we saw the same thing happen with outer worlds as well so you would assume if there's going to be an elder scrolls 4 oblivion remake that they're going to also have it on playstation because even with skyrim when the P- when the next gen version came out it came out on ps5 too mm-hmm. yeah that's so, true I'd be all fucking over this, but I mean, I'm, would you play this? Yeah, I mean, I would be super excited to play this because I've heard you like blow this game and you say it's better than Skyrim, like story wise, at least. Yeah, I do think that. I'm trying to think what's the better way of describe. I feel like it is. More. Not unique is not the right. I think that all the areas, characters, creatures are more different from each mm-hmm. other than in skyrim i feel like skyrim is a very i feel white like game. almost everything in skyrim looks the same i think it's like white and gray yeah and i think oblivion is different in the sense that like you go to different towns and cities they look very different you go into oblivion into this completely different world it looks very different 
Mm-hmm. So, and you know, maybe there's rose colored glasses because it's like one of the first big giant games I played, but I fucking love Oblivion. Like, I don't, I do yeah, think how it's... excited were you when you saw this? When I saw this, I was like, God damn, Mark must be losing his it mind. It was more of like shit. a disbelief kind of thing. I literally read it and I was like, what the fuck? Because it's almost like, think about if you were to see, oh, Fallout 3 is getting a remake. It's kind of like, I, mean, a, I, is, is, I would love that. That's what I'm saying. I would love that too, but it's almost like an, is that true? Like, it just seems so. Far-fetched. out there yeah exactly like, it seems like something like if they were going to do it they would have done it during the ps4 generation because we get a lot of mm. remasters and remakes on the ps4 yeah i agree i'm hoping that now we're shifting over where we did a lot of remasters and i'm hoping that now we're doing more just full remakes because i like i mean of course i'm gonna enjoy those more but i mm-hmm. think this sounds good to me i mean there's really no negative here i hope that this is real I hope that we hear about it and it does come to PlayStation. If it has trophies, I will be all fucking over it. So it has to, yeah. They're gonna because yeah. it has achievements on Xbox, right? I don't know. Probably it, the thing. It came out in 2006 on Xbox and then came later to PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it has achievements or not. I don't remember when Xbox started it. I know for PlayStation, you know, PS3 launched in 2006, but trophies didn't start until 2008. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Damn, PlayStation, yeah. you know. Well, because there was Xbox a... for all the shit they get, they do. They are innovative in terms of services. Yeah, I think that, and I think it's like at the time for 2008 when games started to be released with trophies. Some games retroactively had trophies fitted to them, and some didn't. Mm-hmm. Which is just like a, just an interesting time. I remember one of the first games getting trophies for was Fallout Three. I remember. Yeah. Because it didn't have it when it originally came out, but it was retroactively added, right? Yeah, and we had That's a, what you're saying? And we had a friend back in the day who would always be like, Oh yeah, I beat well, okay. I mean, I don't know if he talks like this, right? But it's more fun. Yeah, yeah, I beat kind of what it sounded three. like to me. Yeah, I guess so. But we'd be we'd pull up his trophy list and be like, Why the fuck you lying? Like you didn't <laughs> beat it and we can tell you didn't beat it. So that's what that's one of the things I oh. like about trophies, you know? Keep everybody honest. Yeah, it's it keeps everybody honest. It's something that I always think about, like when I'm talking about movies or like I guess music is a big one, right? Where like some people are like, "Oh, I'm really big into this," but like they're really fucking not. But you can't prove it. And I love being like with video games. I can just look at your profile and be like, eh, "What are you talking about?" Full yeah, of shit. Oh, you you love this game? You have five percent of the trophies. You fucking noob. You don't love shit. Yeah, exactly. I see you clocked like sixty minutes. Yeah, come on. But Get out of here. it's really, I think the the most utility for it too is like if somebody's going to talk trash about a game, you can see like is their opinion not valid or invalid, but just like is it well educated? I think is a better way of saying it, right? Is there like depth to what they are trying to say? Especially also with hard achievements, if somebody's trying to be like, oh yeah, I did X Y Z, it's like no, you didn't. But trophies came out in two thousand eight, and I do think that this coming back, I mean, they have to have trophies because that's part of the certification process to even get your game on modern consoles. <laughs> so. I think that that will be. Oh, yeah, I mean, it'll be it's good if like, it happens. Honestly, that's heaven for you. you yeah, can get Oblivion trophies finally. Yeah, that'll be incredible. Because we don't know. Actually, we don't know if Mark beat Oblivion. Yeah, he says he did. That's true, right? You don't have a way of he proving it. Um, I definitely yeah, did. Know. But yeah, <laughs> could be lying though. You know. Who well, knows? I never like hundred percented of the game or anything like that. But when I think oh, about oh, the backtrack. No, 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 no. Hold on. Let's wait. So let's, let's wait a second, all right? When I think about Bethesda titles, I think of you beat the game as you finish the main quest. Yes. I have finished the main quest in Oblivion. I finished the main quest. Okay. I think the only one that I haven't finished the main quest in is Fallout New Vegas. 
Every other Bethesda game, Vegas. I finished the main quest. You beat Skyrim? Yeah, I beat Skyrim multiple times. Oh, wow. I beat Skyrim, I, I beat only Fallout I f- 4, Fallout 3. The only one I finished is Fallout 3. Yeah, it's just New Vegas that I didn't do. And I'll always remember, I have a classic memory of the first time I played Fallout 3. I had to play it again so I could like, experience it correctly. But Fallout 3, I went to an area I wasn't supposed to go to, and it like skipped like half of the story. Like I just got that's to this a, location and the quest fun. like edited and then it would mm-hmm. update. It was cool because I was like, whoa, I didn't know like happened, but I was also like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I got your copy of New Vegas for PS3 and I am excited to, to play that. I do. I have a few games that I took from you from PS3 that I'm excited to play, like the darkness and all that. That's the greatest hits one, that. right? The New Vegas. Is it, I think so. It's okay. You don't have it's to in check a red right box. Now. Yeah, it's a red box. I think that was part of the greatest hits collection. Yeah, so that's gonna be that'd be fun for me to play because I've heard that that's honestly the best one. I know people really love New Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd be. Ex- yeah, that's a great game. It's good stuff. Now, talking about new stuff, Twisted Metal mm. and Gran Turismo. We'll start with Twisted Metal first. So Twisted Metal is Peacock's most binged comedy premiere to date. I don't think that's that surprising. However, I'm glad that it is getting reviewed well. Joel has started watching it. My brother has also watched it and said it is pretty good. Definitely better than expected. We know that we're probably going to get a Twisted Metal game coming sometime. I can't say like soon or when or even what studio is making it, but we have been hearing rumblings about that. And I guess if you can, not that like the story can be really spoiled, but what do you think of the Twisted Metal show? With Have you finished it? So since we had a delay in recording, I was actually able to finish it last night. Okay. All right. Well, good. Cool. So, yeah, I mean, you could talk about it briefly. I don't know how in-depth you want to go if you want to go in-depth at a later date, but I guess spoiler-free if you keep it that way. We can possibly go in-depth in a later. Because I'll watch it. If you want to watch it. I do want to watch it. If you want to watch it, it's an easy watch. It's only half an hour episodes, 10 episodes, so it's not that hard to watch. And it's, you know, it's surface level enough where it's like you're not fully in tune you know you can be on your phone and just chilling and just enjoy it mm. but uh i think this show is a lot better than what everybody assumed it was going to be the bar was on the floor so obviously it had very low expectations it caught everybody by surprise the thing i don't i can't get into what's a little annoying about it because it's kind of spoils okay. the ending of it but it's not bad, but it leaves you. It's like very much. If there's no season two of this show, it's going to be fucking annoying as shit. Because mm. season two is going to be really the fruition of like what Twisted Metal is. Okay. But I think the game is really good at setting up the world, the universe, and the drivers specifically. And that way you have like, you understand like each of the drivers and like their relationship to each other. And I, and I, you know, I think it's really good. I love how gory it is. I was kind of shocked. I thought they were going to pull back on that. With it being on Peacock, I was like, I don't know, is Peacock like it's owned by NBC? I don't know if they're trying to go like more kid friendly, but no, it's it's pretty gory, you know. Fucking Sweet Tooth's lobbing off heads. He's a pretty solid character too. I actually really enjoyed like his performance and like the the physical performance. Obviously, Will Arnett does the voice, so it's not the same. But uh, it's a pretty. It's, I think overall it's shockingly good. The writing's a little cheesy. It's obviously that has that network t- TV flair. And another thing that's very odd is it has hard cuts, like it like it should have commercials, mm-hmm. which really caught me off guard because modern day TV shows, you know, it's just like you know you just watch the show like it's almost like edited more like a movie than a TV show. And this one's very much edited like, boom, 
hard cut three seconds of black then goes in the next scene i'm like it's like waiting for, i'm like waiting for the commercial to be there but um they got to support the ad supported plan that's it we're going it's basically back. how they created the show it's how they created the show is like it would be perfect for the ad supported plan because it's like flows perfectly within that but i think it's awesome i really enjoyed it it, it did exactly what it's supposed to do made me want to go play the original that came out on premium or if you didn't, if you're not subscribed to it, it's only ten bucks, so it's not. It's I think it's worth it. Should so, be fifty. Should be fifty, honestly, according yeah. to Strauss and Zomic. But um, it was you know I I really enjoyed it. Also, you know, shout out to David Jaffe. He did create Twisted Metal, and it is his like brainchild. Is he's no he's not nowhere to be found in the credits like our boy Bruce Shraley. But you know we always love to sh- shout out to s- original supporters now interesting you bring that up i wanted to say that i was talking about the last of us tv show earlier today with somebody and you know i'm always curious when people see that just from if they play games or not and if they don't specifically what their take on it is and she had watched the show she really enjoyed it she didn't know it was based on a game she watched the entire thing and didn't know that and that's not on her at mm. all i'm saying that more so to be in line with the point you're making of they almost like don't make it very clear sometimes the history of these they make more clear in this one though it starts off based on the playstation video game what i was thinking was a little shade just not giving jaffe the love he deserves Mm -hmm. but honestly i watched some of david jaffe's content and he's been handling it with like a lot of grace and like very humble and just very much like i'm just i'm just like happy to see my like creations like play out on the screen like he's not like bitter at all about it like, you know, how Bruce was a little bit more bitter about it. So it's, it's nice to see that. He was also planned to be in a cameo, but he didn't do it because it was during COVID times and didn't want to get on a plane. So hopefully he has a cameo in the second season. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, if he was planned to be a cameo, I feel like that alone is something. I'm not saying that's yeah. like enough or it's equal footing, but that's them acknowledging him. I think that. Oh, shit. I don't want to lose this thought. Think. Oh, what was I going to say? brain blast yeah i mean it wasn't about it was about obviously fucking twisted metal that's what we're talking i hate it when shit gets away from you like that damn that's mm. rough what was i thinking about i don't know May- i was talking about jaffe yeah you were talking about jaffe creator twisted metal that's nah, not coming to me it's not there damn. oh here it is okay we got it what I was going to say was you know, we were saying that the show far exceeded expectations because the bar was all the way at the floor. What I wanted to mention was the way that the show was marketed. One of the first kind of clips they had unedited was a scene of Sweet Tooth and Anthony Mackie in a kind of like casino type. And I thought that scene was awful. And it seemed like a lot of people thought similar. I wonder if they picked that and knew that that was bad to lower expectations so that it's better when it comes out. I don't know if they did. The scene's still not great in the show. Yeah, but but I'm saying like that would you know. make you overall like overall the expect like what I hear every time about it is oh it's much better than expected. Like it's good in its, it's own right. It's not very funny though. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. It's not, it's not that funny, but it's better than you expected. It's uh, it's a little bit on the 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 humor's a little bit on the chuggy side, which I think is like kind of like the the audience for this is like millennials, not really gen zers or anybody older it's like specifically like what i was gonna say that's a whole last conversation actually that i had with somebody recently so like millennials that would be people like in their 30s yes you think that is the target audience i think this is 100 targeted towards millennials because it's like that chuggy 
they love Brooklyn Nine Nine, New Girl, like that kind of like mm. that has that kind of vibe, like that stupid comedy. I think that that's exactly who they're targeting. Millennials would have been children when Twisted Metal came out and would have been like active and like, you know, remembered playing the original PS1. So mm. I do think that that's the target audience. Okay, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard that it was funny. I just heard that it's better than expected. It is. It is very. It is, I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, the ending, I, want, I, I want I want you to watch the ending. The ending is, a, is that, a very big cock tease. I know that you're not like, quote unquote, spoiling it, but I can. Maybe it's because I know what the game is, but I'm like, I. I know I feel like I know what the setup is, but yeah, we're going to watch it. Maybe we'll talk about it more in depth. Stay tuned for that. Maybe we'll just do an in-depth in-depth episode. I mean, the next thing we're going to talk about, we're going to go see in person. Gran Turismo movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know when we're going to see it. We'll line it up at some point. It's got a kind of awkward release in the sense that, first of all, we were it's making like out, right? It, well, so it's in select theaters, but it's wide release is August 25th. Now we were making okay. fucking jokes about this because I was looking at showings and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, it's out now. I wonder if it's early access." The fucking poster of the movie says "early access showings." <laughs> I shit you not. So there are some showings here and there at different theaters, but the wide release is going to be August twenty fifth. I've heard different things about this. I've heard the scale has been pretty large. I've heard that the car scenes and all that kind of stuff are actually shot really well and it's fun to watch then i've heard a totally different spectrum of like you just feel like all you're doing is watching an advertisement now obviously it's going to be tied in and it's going to be advertising playstation and the game but i've heard it's to the point where it's like you just feel like you're watching a two-hour ad um i think it'd be fun to hang out and watch it my expectations aren't very high for it even for like the car stuff they're honestly not too high I don't think I do think that this might be the first one that I think this may be the worst one that we watch because mm. we the, the the PlayStation Studios initiative, you know, we had Uncharted, which I thought Uncharted was, you know, a good fun time. Again, it wasn't better than expectations. As good as Uncharted. Very low expectations, but I think Uncharted is going to be better than this movie. I think Glass was obviously it's the creme de la creme. It's the best one out of all of them. Twisted Metal was pretty uh, nice surprise, and I do think Gran Turismo might falter a little bit, but it's such an egregious ad for PlayStation apparently that I think I may like it just being such a big PlayStation fan. Yeah, I agree. I'm in a similar boat, and I also think that the nature of it, right? It's supposed to be based on a true story. In Gran Turismo, they used to do this thing called, and they might still do it, but I remember it was more heavily advertised in the last generation. They did a thing called the GT Academy which is basically people mm-hmm. would do time trials in game. You know, simulations are very real. So based on their track times, they would qualify. They would get invited out to take part in this, basically a real racing series where they would drive Nissan race cars and then like potentially either win it or sign with the team, that kind of thing. So I think it's going to it follow somebody doing that process. So inherently, I think there'd be PlayStation all over it. Now, Something I also wanted to bring up just kind of as like a funny what the fuck thing that I remember we talked about on the show is do you remember the first set photo for that was a like clapper? I don't actually know if that's the right word for it. It's probably not the clapper like to, for a movie, but the PlayStation oh, yeah. logo was not the fucking correct logo. Yeah, dude, that I was like that. not a good sign. But that's annoying. I think with all these PlayStation productions, Last of Us obviously is good and the rest of them are also good, but they're all better than what we expected quote unquote i'm hoping that we soon enter where we no longer say that 
where it's just is it good or is it bad because right now i feel like it is predominantly like it's good because it's better than expected but most of them are expected to be dog shit yeah i feel like yes i agree but i think the sequels of this stuff is gonna is where it gets better where it like mm. builds up on itself like a sequel in a game where i think season two of twisted metal can be legitimately really good i think uncharted 2 has the makings to being good the way they left it off the uncharted is weird because they already like fucked it up so much with the first game with like how they brought in information from different games so early on mm-hmm. so that they can go a whole different route i would honestly want them to create something new and not even follow the games maybe borrow set pieces which i think is what they're probably going to end up doing just borrow famous set pieces and then create a story around it mm-hmm. i think that that can be really good you know tom holling is very charismatic great actor he hates hollywood though apparently so hopefully he sticks around and makes these games but then um grand Turismo, i think this is going to be one and done this is not going to be a series so this will be gone and then Last of Us Season 2, I think, is going to be great as well. Talking about Uncharted, I want to, and I don't think this is a spoiler personally, because I feel like all these games are kind of old. If you had to pick a set piece to be in it, what would it be? I know my choice, but... so if you... I think everybody's choices. The two that come to mind are the train mm-hmm. and then the cruise ship. The cruise ship, easily. Cruise ship yeah. is like, no questions asked. I would love to see that. That would be such a sick scene. Those those two are definitely the ones that you got to see on the on the big screen. Yeah, train would be cool too. I obviously it's from Uncharted. I'm not saying that like oh it'd be stealing it from or whatever. But Mission Impossible, the most recent one, did a really fantastic train sequence where mm-hmm. you can tell that I think like they did take inspiration from Uncharted, even if they say they didn't. It seems like they mm-hmm. did. So I think I'm basically saying that if Uncharted, the actual Uncharted, did a train sequence, it might not even be as good as the Mission Impossible one. So I don't know if they would want to do that. If that makes sense. Yeah, so because Mission Impossible's no, action I, is going to be better than Uncharted's will be. Yeah. I was I was thinking the same thing too with uh I know that Mission Impossible did the train sequence, but I didn't watch it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh well then that's why the next thing that came, I was like, well, the cruise is probably the next big one. Oh yeah, the cruise ship is so good. I feel like that doesn't get talked or about. Or the enough. helicopter too. The helicopter with like uh, Uncharted Two and the buildings and all that. That's yeah, that's cool. I mean, there's too. a lot of great set pieces. Yeah, there's so they have a lot to pick. They got a lot to pick and play with. So I agree. I think they can. I mean, all I, we all we do know is that Uncharted Two and the fir- and also the first Uncharted movie are better than the most recent Indiana Jones, which is probably a statement that nobody ever thought would be true. Yeah, I've heard the most recent Indiana Jones was rough. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I did hear it was rough. Now, let's see what we got here. I'm gonna speaking s- of things that were rough. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> do we do that? Yeah, I guess we just do that. So we're gonna talk about the THQ Nordic showcase. I might not have a lot to say in terms of depth for for the games, mm-hmm. but you know, I wanted to go ahead and bring it up. I'll list out the games. If there's any that you know, of course, our beautiful, wonderful audience is interested in. Now. This is another one of those things where I'll kind of preface it by saying that when I was talking about showcases kind of separating games and sometimes maybe making it easier to forget about certain titles, I think that I also think that when a showcase happens that's really good, you do also remember other things in it. And I almost feel like it would benefit THQ Nordic to be at a bigger showcase with some more higher kind of profile things because then they would watch that and be like, oh, there's a massive announcement, but then there's also these things where 
I think a majority of the showcase was a little bit lackluster. Now that might just be for me, but we can obviously see. So the showcase, they showed a couple of games. Mostly it's going to be cinematic stuff. Now, normally I don't think a lot of these were announcements. A lot of these were kind of like, oh, remember this one, but still not necessarily gameplay. So we've got the biggest one is going to be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. That was what they kind of closed out their show with. That was getting announced for the first time. There is not a release date for it at the moment. It is being developed by Black Forest Games, which is notable for remaking Destroy All Humans and Destroy All Humans 2. So that is the studio that's handling that. I think another big announcement, which I know Joel was excited about, was South Park Snow Day is a new 3D game coming next year. Gives me big uh, Conquer Bad Fur Day vibes. Mm -hmm. So that's a 3D co-op multiplayer game that'll be coming to PC, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series S and X. That looks solid. Gothic 1 Remake got a new trailer. This was originally announced. That looked kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. So I mixed on it for a couple of reasons. The reason why here and kind of the breakdown is it was announced in 2019. So it's already been four years. And it's, I don't think that was really gameplay. If it was, it was hard to tell. There's no release date at the moment, but it will be available on PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox series. My thing with this is that it's a remake, but I never really heard a lot about Gothic. So, me either. To be honest, that's my. Yeah, go ahead. You go. I was just saying, it's one of those games that, you know, everybody loves. It's like, you know, those games that everybody. It's like back then they didn't have trophies, so we can't tell who's capping. But apparently a lot more people played it than it sold. So how does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, cap doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they're all fans when it comes out now. That was that's what they grew <laughs> up with. That was their childhood game. Yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. But it, it looks cool. It looks interesting. It kind of gives me Kingdom Come Deliverance vibes where it seems like it's like trying to be hyper realistic. I don't know if but you played Kingdom plays Come. Better. That shit sucked. I thought. Yeah, that shit was a little rough. A little rough. I, I feel like it's a game that you got to commit a lot to to get to make it fun. And I really wanted and to like, like it. I, yeah, and I wasn't really willing to play like five hours of not fun to get the fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think there's sometimes there's an aspect of too realistic is not fun, right? Like, I don't want to walk everywhere mm-hmm. if walking is like really fucking far away. That kind of stuff. Yeah, that's true. But continuing on, we've got Titan Quest 2, which is an announcement. It's a sequel to Iron Lore's 2006 game, and they are. This will be coming to PC, and it will be coming to PlayStation and Xbox as well. I'm not too familiar with Titan Quest, to be honest. Um, Alone in the Dark got new trailers for the two playable characters. I know that you mentioned this. You saw this outside of the showcase. They're kind of. I thought they were kind of awkward trailers. I saw. I thought they were weird. Yeah, I saw. I didn't see the Edward trailer, which is David Harbor, but I saw the trailer for the main girl in it, and I thought, honestly, my first thought was, I was like, oh, this doesn't look that great graphically. And then it was like really cheesy with the dialogue, where she literally says, "Alone in the dark." And I was like, okay, so this I is like what that, that is. <laughs> my, I think, I like that cheese. I'm a, I'm a cheesy guy. Well, so I like that. I enjoy that kind of cheese too, but I think I would enjoy that cheese if it wasn't just a character against a blank backdrop talking. If it was like they in a setting, afford, they couldn't afford the full trailer. That's what I'm saying. If it was like in a setting or maybe in engine and they said that it'd be like cheesy, but I'd be like, Oh shit, this looks cool. That's kind of like, it would, I think it would tickle in a different way. 
where now I'm like, yeah. oh, they said Alone in the Dark, so am I supposed to be excited? But I also don't have connections I- with the original. I have no connections either, but this is the kind of game, if it gets like a 7, 7, and a 7.5, I may be interested, because it is pretty cheap. Like even with the, it has a like a plus sale on it if you pre-order it for like fifty three bucks. Nowadays games are seventy. It's not the worst thing if it reviews fairly well. It's coming out during a spooky season too. I love playing spooky games when it's Halloween time. So speaking you know, about that, I thought it was unfortunate to see that. And of course, I, maybe it'd be good to get a better perspective or maybe watch some long form content on it. But IGN gave the ta- uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre game a six. Which I was disappointed about because I know that like, right, you have, I think the super outlier is I thought the Evil Dead game was fucking incredible. I like Evil Dead, but I also think the game was great. And I think everyone did. I think that was pretty well received, but there are a lot more duds, right? Friday the 13th was fun, but also shitty. Like it was fun because it was shitty. But then you also. I think what that, what fuck that was the licensing issue. I think that would have still been a thing if they could have handled the. The licensing yeah but then you have the other examples right like predator hunting grounds was not very <laughs> good and i think th- i feel like there's one that i'm missing isn't uh dead by daylight technically in this genre yes the but i think people would count it separately as like its own thing because it's also like successful and whatnot yeah but it was unfortunate to see that spooky time um alone in the dark and let's see so last train hunt- forever what? Yeah, it's kind of. I said, I said, it sounded like you're doing like a Fantano ending. Spooky time, alone in the dark, forever. Yeah, we'll figure. We'll figure out. We'll figure out a catchphrase uh, at some point. So, Last Train Home is a RTS game coming exclusively for PC. Outcast: A New Beginning is an open-world third-person shooter from Appeal Studios. This is a. I want to say it's a sequel, but I don't know if it's a prequel. There is an original Outcast game. I played a little bit of it. Kind of rough. I'm not going to lie to you. But there's going to be more of that. Space for Sale is getting a closed bit. Wait, wait. Let me say something about Outlast. Outcast. Is it Outlast or Outcast? Outcast. When I watched this, this looked looked like one of the games that Ubisoft cut. And they were like, here, you can Mm. have this THQ Nordic. Yeah. Tempest Rising is another RTS game for PC inspired by RTS games from the 90s and 2000s. Trine 5, which I never played a Trine game, but I'm like, if there's five of them, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) There's five of them, and I always see them, but I've never played them. I don't know who is playing them because I've also never heard about them. Hmm. Like, I know what they are because I see them on the store, but I've never heard. And this this isn't us saying... Oh, I've never heard somebody in real life mention it. That's not what I mean. I'm saying in all of our times, listening to journalists, you know, consuming a ton of news, a ton of long form content, video essays, whatever people reviewing. I've never fucking once heard anyone mention Trine. Me either. But Trine is still trucking along. I think it's an inside job at this point. We have one through plus. Do I there mean, was one? We probably have a couple of them. Given, that was given through us. Like before, like the PlayStation Plus, like extra and premium, it was like a monthly free game mm. that I remember like downloading. And I don't know if I played it or not, but I was just that's all you need never, to know. The art style is kind of weird. It looked cheap. It always looks cheap. Well, yeah, I think that's I think we're in the right place <laughs> for that. So Way of the Hunter, <laughs> Tick a Moon Plains. I think that's the name. 
Latest trailer showcases various in-game locations. This is going to be a game that will be coming to PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series S and X. And this last one, you also said that you saw Recreation. Is got to, It gets a new trailer. This is an arcade-style racing game for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X and S. Now, the main thing that I read and you also mentioned to me, though, is it's like building. You can yes. help craft an open world called Mix World. So I'm immediately less interested because I was talking about this earlier today with somebody. I don't like making my own fun. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm buying it, mm-hmm. I want to be presented with the fun. I'm trying to relax. Yeah. Now, maybe I'm foolish because I'm enjoying Tears of the Kingdom, but I don't interact with the building that much. It is true that you don't have to. And that's when you feel Mm -hmm. smart, when you're like, I know you want me to build something, but I'm going to fucking finagle some shit to get to where I need to get to. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in the same boat with you where it's like, I don't want to build. I don't want to make my own fun. I want I I bought a game. It should be fun. It should entertain me. Mm. But Rec Nation. Uh, if it comes out the right price, you know, it's like a nice little forty, fifty dollar game. It could be a little interesting. Um, it needs a big audience though for me to be anywhere remotely interested in purchasing it because I need there to be like plenty of content made by other people. Because mm-hmm. it does look kind of fun. It looks like it could have it could, could kind of be like a Hot Wheels substitute that maybe isn't so gross with the monetization because those games quickly got gross with their monetization. Mm-hmm. I totally agree um but so we'll see yeah i agree that, that, that it's gonna need to have a lot of supported content from players i i think that when it's done well that is an awesome thing i mean for me personally i feel like the best example of player created content i still think of little big planet too yeah i mean really long time ago but yeah like the boxing we used to play all those those mini games you could play them you know local co-op or you could play it online and i just thought it was it was really good you know i mean I guess I haven't hopped into Dreams, which it was a PlayStation Central game, so maybe it would be worth checking that out, but it didn't seem like it had that same kind of energy behind it. Now... Yeah, I wonder if there's things that we can play co-op in Dreams. It probably is. I mean, it's worth checking out. Mm-hmm. Now, things that we'll be playing in the future that we're excited for, I thought this was just good to learn. Phantom Blade Zero will be getting a demo that's planned for a 2024 release. If you watch the PlayStation Showcase earlier this summer you'll probably remember phantom blade zero was something that was announced there this is being made by s game and i think it looks sick there's not much details it'll be a 30 minute demo and it doesn't have a release date at the moment but i think demos are cool i really appreciate that they're doing that more in addition to the playstation trials they're definitely i think they work i think you get me in the door i play for a little bit i'm like oh shit i finished the demo let me buy it most important thing, mm-hmm. if this is a demo that is a section of the game that's towards the beginning, make sure we can transfer our saves. For me, that's huge. If I see I can transfer my yes. save, I'm way more likely to buy it than if I have to start from scratch again. Or more interested in even trying to demo because then I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to play this and then have to replay it. Yes, agreed. It's like every every minute is precious. And every minute, every breath. Speaking about every minute being precious, honestly, I didn't even mean for that to happen. But talking about opportunity costs and things like that, you mentioned Star Wars Jedi Survivor at the top of the show. It will be coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Now, talking about opportunity costs with this, the reason why I mentioned that is because I feel currently that if a game is going to come to past gen and current gen at the same time, I don't view it as that 
big of a thing. Not that it's the end of the world if it doesn't, but if it doesn't and it comes later, in my head, I'm like, I wonder what that team could just be doing working on new content for either that current game or just looking to the future rather than wasting their time on making this game work on old hardware. I'm thinking That's about funny. that. I had a Hogwarts. different take on Oh, this. interesting. Okay, go ahead. I was more disappointed in this because I feel like it was uh, like a kind of shady marketing because this mm. game was marketed as a next-gen or current-gen PS5, Xbox Series X, and S kind of game. And it clearly has like has some components being bare bones enough to go backwards to PS4 and Xbox One. So I think that that like if they were more transparent, like Hogwarts was, where it's like we can get the this one out now and it's going to take more time. But they were a little more shady with that. So I kind of I didn't like this news. Yeah. From that aspect. And then what you're saying that Mm. coupling it with what you're saying with the opportunity cost, it makes it even it's like, what the fuck are you doing? But I think this is mainly has to do with. This game didn't sell as well as EA wanted it to. Yeah, I'm sure that makes sense. And that's definitely due to how it was performing, I think, at launch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, coming going back to PS4 and Xbox One, I'm, I yeah, I think it's I mean, of course, for us, we're going to be like, oh, waste of time. Obviously, for them, they see dollar bills and a lower cost to get more dollar bills. So but I just think, yeah, focus on making the new stuff, make it a little bit better. But it sucks that I didn't know because I wasn't following it, but that or I didn't follow that aspect of it. It sucks that you were saying basically like it wasn't announced that way. It was pushed because Hogwarts was announced yeah, was that way, so it's a little bit push. different. Yeah, I'd rather have the transparency and be like you're like because then that's like setting the grounds. Like, oh, this is like a PS4 game that we're upgrading into PS5, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Star Wars Jedi Survivors pitched as this like you know next gen thing. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, even speaking about that again, they just kind of all blend together. Modern Warfare 3 was originally announced as an expansion for, to Modern Warfare 2, <laughs> which they kind of just later were like, yeah, no, it's going to be a full price release. Uh, it, the worldwide reveal will be on this Thursday coming August 17th. You can watch the stream for us, uh, which, like I said, the links are in the descriptions. But basically, so they're going to be doing that now talking about that. Most of your items will carry over from modern warfare 2 over to modern warfare 3 there will be some exceptions the exceptions are going to be like vehicles and tactical tactical items that aren't going to be present so you know if there's like a vehicle that you have a bunch of skins for that's not in modern warfare 3 that won't transfer over but i feel like that makes sense not too crazy however the reason why i'm bringing up the carryover thing is because it was advertised as a they announced that you could do these carryover things and they announced it as for the first time in call of duty history you could carry over content which obviously most people are like well it was all fucking supposed to be in modern warfare too so no shit yeah <laughs> so it's you know it's shitty how bittersweet but it's bittersweet but it is really shitty how things are like fal- i think it's weird how things are falsely marketed and like it's almost okay yeah, because I mean, how are you going to hold them accountable? Are you going to bring up a like a public action lawsuit against fucking Activision and what? Get your teeth kicked in? Yeah, that's true. Get fucking stomped <laughs> out by Bobby K. Exactly. So it's kind of just like you know. I mean, the only way to obviously always we you know everybody says you vote with your wallet, but it's Modern Warfare Three. It's Call of Duty. People are going to fucking buy it, so nobody's going to vote with your wallet with this. That's true. I also want to just say. Um... Not even in like a malicious way. I just thought it was funny when IGN posted the teaser trailer for this. They were Mm -hmm. talking about how it's Captain Price, which is pretty clear. And then they were like, oh, Philip Graves, which like it's 
it's obviously not Philip Graves talking in the trailer, but <laughs> it's definitely Makarov. But I thought it was like really clear and surprising that I'm like, damn, who you got on the payroll? Who didn't get that right? Because it, it wasn't a verbal thing. Like if we say something live on the air here, right? Obviously, you can correct us. Totally cool. Totally understandable to get that, you know. But if it's in writing, like you would think you would reread that before you hit submit. And it has to go through, you would assume, an editor and yeah. all that stuff like that. Yeah, you would hope that there is, like, yeah, there's going to be levels of review for it, so. But, yeah, I don't know, the marketing thing is kind of weird, but yeah, so Modern Warfare 3 will be a full full release. At the moment, it's looking like it's going to be releasing on November 10th, is the release date announced. Of course, there will be multiplayer. There will be new Warzone editions. There will probably be a new map. It'll probably be Los Almas. It'll probably be Mexico. There will be a campaign. And the other thing that they haven't talked about, but we've heard rumors about is instead of like a DMZ getting it added, DMZ will still exist, but uh, outbreak similar ish kind of mode is what we've heard. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I agree. Oh, speaking of zombies, fucking waffles popped up on my uh, Instagram or not Instagram, my uh, YouTube mm. recommended. And I have not seen waffles in a minute. My boy look, looking a little rough. You're looking different. Yeah, but he's uh, looking different. He's looking like a washed out uh, Tom Holland. Yeah, he yeah, he does look different. He I think he said he's going to do like some fitness videos. Yeah, Raffle Waffles. I mean, but the man's done so much historically. Just got to put respect he's like, yeah, on he's it. A historic figure. Yeah, he's a historic figure in the zombies lore. And yeah, stuff like that. But I, I was shocked when I saw him. I was like, oh, he doesn't have the short hair anymore. And he's just, you know, aged. Yeah, we all age. We all, we all age. getting older. You know, Yeah, some of us age and get the long hair, you know. I'm looking I mean, at so, I I'm looking at one of them right now. But I look great with my long hair. His hair looks like the fucking Joker from the Dark Knight's like stringy hair. Damn, I mean I mean Damn. yeah, I, guess, I I will say that I when he came back, I was like I had to do a double take if it was the same person. Yeah. No no disrespect. Yeah, no disrespect. <laughs> yeah, now. No disrespect. Kicking... I, I, I mean, you know, we're we I was just being honest. I mean, we can, he can, you know, we we can we can do a fashion makeover. We can get Raffles looking right again. Mm. No, but um, but uh, what else do you want to talk about, Mark? Uh, also, before I ask, before you go to answer that, the Twitch event or the not Twitch event, the streaming worldwide reveal. Mm. When does that take place? Is it like an all day thing? Is it a nighttime thing? It's a good question. I'm assuming that right now, if you go into Warzone, there is an event, basically like a matchmaking that is not open, but I believe it opens on the 17th at noon, I think, or Mm -hmm. maybe early afternoon. I don't know if it's a you load into a lobby and then something happens, or it's like you load into it, complete something, and then at the end, it reveals Modern Warfare 3. My assumption is that that will probably be available for like a day or two days. You go in, you complete whatever little quest is there, and that's how you get the uh, like unveiling or announcement. That's how I think it's going to operate. Okay. So that sounds about right. I think that sounds yeah. Fair. So I think probably that night it'll still be live. I would assume, and we could just go in, complete it, and see what it is, talk about it, discuss, hang out. But that's what I would think. I don't think it'll be like an at this moment in time. You need to be there for this thing also, because if it was that way, I feel like the middle of the fucking day is a really weird time to do that. You know, I mean, that's when the streamers are alive. That's when they're living. Yeah, I guess that's true. But uh, yeah, I'm excited looking forward to that later on this week. Me too. 
I had in here fighter roster updates, but I'm like, that's because Evo was going on. I don't know. I don't know if there's, you know, how much interest is there for me to just read off a list? Basically, all I can say is Mortal Kombat 1, that fucking leaked roster that I was talking about, that shit is spot on so far. That's good to know. There weren't cameo fighters on there, but the, like, main roster characters were there. I'm really excited for that game. Everything they show looks so good. Everything looked pretty good coming out of EVO. I saw they brought back, uh, I forgot, some iconic fatality from a character. Oh, Sector, they showed a really cool one for As a cameo, Sector is playable as a cameo character, but Reptile looks really cool. So historically, Reptile has just kind of either been in human form or in his kind of full Reptile style. But this time they're doing a little bit different. He can shapeshift in between the two, which I feel like is really smart. And that's one thing that's nice about them freeing up with this kind of like new universe where they can refresh characters kind of gives them the creative freedom to do things in a smart way because it just makes so much sense to be like he's going to have mm-hmm. his human form he can shapeshift if he needs to and so i think they're doing a really good good job with that of course favorite fighting game franchise so super excited actually if you don't mind i think i'm going to run through the list i feel like for people who are you interested in mortal it. Kombat, it's good to know currently we got main characters wise we got ashura baraka garris Havoc, Johnny Cage, Kenshi, Kitana, Kung Lao, Li Mei, Liu Kang, Melina, Raiden, Rain, Reptile, Scorpion, Smoke, Sub-Zero, and Tanya. Cameo characters include Darius, Cyrax, Goro, Jax, Kano, Chameleon, which is really fucking cool, Serena, Sector, Son... Not Sonya, Sonja. Well, no, it's probably Sonya. I think they probably made a fucking error. Dude, IGN, what are you doing? Can you aim? And then Striker. Striker is in it. That's your boy. That's the wow. cop. Striker is in that's it. Not my boy. And like, hey, 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 relax. That's not my boy. I was oh. just shocked that they. I was like, I'm not saying that. I'm not fucking with Striker like that. Well, I was just saying that would be shocked if they put him in it because it's culturally sensitive right now. You could have some crazy, some crazy fatalities. They put it. They did put him in it like the very classic Striker, a backwards cap white guy got the fucking thr- 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 gun with his baton. Nice. But he's uh, he's not like he's a cop, but he's not like wearing a fucking cop uniform. You know what I mean? So it's I feel like it's viewed slightly different. But I'm glad to see him in there. I think that that game looks really good. Really excited for that. That'll be coming out September 17th, I think, off the dome. Straight off the dome, baby. Straight off the dome. Yeah, but that'll be exciting. I do you have anything else for this wonderful episode? I think that's all. I think I do. I just want to give a public apology to Waffles. That was unnecessary. What I did. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. The, the thing is, is that your public apology, while coming from a good place, will be edited out by the Reddit user who only wants to clip you destroying him. That That is true. So they won't know but... that you did this this whole apology. They didn't make it this far in the episode. They heard that, and they clipped it out, and that shit's already out there. Yeah, I know I'm fucked, and that took too long to make the apology, but, you know, I, I felt bad. You know, I, don't, I wouldn't want anybody shitting on my appearance. Yeah, an apology is better than no apology. You know, <laughs> I mean, so, but that's good. What about you, Mark? You have anything you want to apologize for? I don't know if I'm trying to do that here. I don't know if there's anything I'm trying to publicly apologize <laughs> for, but I'm feeling pretty good. I've got some uh, food waiting that I'll be excited to eat. Liz makes these really good like ham and cheese sliders. There's like a really nice glaze that she makes. Ooh. She did it for a party. You know, one time we had people over and that was really good. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to eat that. Maybe I'll play a little bit of Cuphead, but enjoy the show always fun to chat yeah you can check out our stream on thursday and then we do these episodes every other week so you'll get this and then you'll get it 
two weeks from now and you'll get a uh, you know nice stack of news and in between who knows if there'll be more episodes or not always possible you know we'll keep you updated obviously if there is but i don't have anything else thank you so much for listening to the show and we'll see you next time see ya thanks for listening to the show we hope you enjoyed it if that wasn't a total waste of your time consider leaving us a review on the service that you're listening on as it really helps us out if you'd like to be a part of the show feel free to reach out to us on any of the socials linked in the episode notes you can reach us with your questions comments thoughts concerns and ideas until next time don't forget to keep breathing